Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Waking Up with the Prophet. Well, we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. Not sure where you're listening from. If you're on your way to work, coming home from work, already at work, somewhere working out, maybe you called off work today. We still want to make sure that you're starting your day off the right way, meaning with the right people, right conversation, right inspiration, right mindset, right attitude, all that good, right stuff. With that being said, let's go ahead and kick this show off with a good old song like we always do, and then we're coming right, right back with, uh, with our daily prayer. Let's go. Thank you. 
Woo! 
Waking up with the prophet, where we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. Not sure where you're listening from. If you're on your way to work, coming home from work, already at work, somewhere working out, maybe you called off work today. We still want to make sure that you're still starting your day off the right way, meaning with the right people, right conversation, right inspiration, right mindset, right attitude, all that good, right stuff. Because I just believe by faith that when you start your day off the right way with a little God, with a little gospel, with a little Jesus, with a little Holy Ghost, you know what I'm saying, with the right people, right conversation, things tend to go the right way. You know what I'm saying? The young folks say with the right vibe. Start your day off with the right vibe. Start your day off with the right energy, attitude, spirit, all that good stuff. Things tend to go a little bit better. With that being said, y'all know how I like to start the show off. I like to start this room off the same. I don't believe in starting anything without praying, without covering myself in prayer and covering God and covering the people under me and around me. You know what I'm saying? I believe we got to cover ourselves in prayer as we go forth. So let's go ahead and tap in really quickly and then we're coming right, right back with another quick song. God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you in this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for everything that you've done. God, we thank you, O God, for everything that you are. God, we thank you, O God, for sitting high, for looking low. God, we thank you just for being God of everything. God, we thank you for being king of the universe. God, we thank you, O God, for being the orchestrator of my, our mind. God, we thank you for being the progenitor of our soul. We give you glory. We give you honor. And we give you praise right now, God, for you just being God all by yourself. Father, we lift you up right now in this moment. And we thank you on today. Before we come to you asking you for anything, God, we want to honor you and give you glory for everything that you have done for us. Father, if you don't do anything else, you've already done enough. So we give you glory and praise just for that all by itself this morning. Father, we thank you that even as we slept and slumbered and came closest to death on last night, that you did not allow death to overtake us, but you allow us to rest and rest in peace. God, we thank you, oh God, that even as we slept, that you protected us, not only us, but God, you protected our faith, our family, our finances, and the things in our life that we care for. And we thank you right now, God, for your divine protection. God, we glorify you right now, God. We honor you and we lift you up, oh God, that you not only protected us, but you provided for us constantly on yesterday, God. We thank you, oh God, that you walked with us throughout the day, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for everything that you are. Father, we take this moment, oh God, even to repent of every sin, transgression, and iniquity, every form of doubt, every form of malice, every form of offense, every form of sin, guilt, everything that, oh God, that may have hindered us, stopped us, delayed us, denied us, deterred us. God, we ask that you remove it right now in the name of Jesus, creating us a clean heart and renewing us a righteous spirit that we may worship you in spirit and in truth. And we thank you now because even as we ask, we believe by faith that it is so. Father, we ask that you remove all unforgiveness from us, oh God. Any person, oh God, that has offended 
hated us, oh God, sinned against us or wronged us, oh God. We ask that you allow us to forgive them, oh God. Even as you allow the people that we've sinned and wronged against, oh God, and offended, oh God, to forgive us, oh God, that we may walk in peace, harmony, and unity as we effectively do what you have called us to do in this earth and in this land. God, we thank you, oh God, for the seven pillars of mountains that you have called us to, oh God, the seven levels of influence that you have called us to. We thank you, oh God, that you're increasing our influence, that you're increasing our notoriety, that you're increasing our finances, oh God, that you're increasing our love, our wisdom, and our patience. God, we thank you that you're even increasing the capacity to handle what you have given us to hold. We thank you right now, oh God, just for who you are and what you're doing in our life. God, we thank you for every person in this room, every person that is connected to this room, and every person that is under the sound of my voice and that will listen to this radio podcast. Father, we thank you right now for their life, their legacy, and everything that you have placed in them. God, we ask that you'll increase their life, change their life, oh God, cause them to continue to produce fruit in their life, oh God, positively impact their life, oh God, in the name of Jesus, and we thank you. Because God, I believe by faith as I pray right now, it is happening. God, I believe by faith that even as we pray right now, it is so. We thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, oh God, for the blessings on today. God, we thank you for the grace of today. God, we thank you that you're even downloading into us new wisdom and new knowledge, God. New joy, new love, new peace, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that you're giving us our daily bread, God, for you said in your word that daily you load us with your benefits. So, God, we thank you, oh God, for your benefits on today. We thank you, oh God, for new customers, clients, contracts. God, we thank you, oh God, for new conversations. God, we thank you, oh God, for new engagement and interactions, oh God. We thank you for blessing us as you always have. Father, continue to bless us and cover us in our daily interactions, oh God. Allow the Holy Spirit to navigate us. God, allow your love to be at the forefront of our mind even as we interact and engage with other people. Father, let everything we do glorify you. Let everything we do uplift you. Father, purify our mouth, purify our heart. Father, remove all stony hearts, unstop our ears and remove the scales from our eyes that we may be able to see you, hear you, and feel you in the realm of the spirit. Father, anoint our hands that everything we touch shall be prosperous and productive. Anoint our feet that everywhere we go, we should have authority and dominion. We thank you, God, because even as we ask these things, we believe by faith that it is already done. For you are not a man that you shall lie, neither are you the son of man that you shall repent. Father, we decree and declare as your sons and daughters that it is already so. Father, I ask that you'll continue to meet the need in this room. Father, whatever any person needs, whether that be healing, God, whether that be restoration, God, whether that be deliverance from mental issues, God, whether it be healing in their body, God, whether it be financial breakthroughs, God, we ask that you'll continue to meet the needs, God. Continue to restore us, God. Continue to deliver us, God. Continue to mature us, God. Continue to help us build upon your word, God. And we thank you. We thank you. God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, God, we thank you. And I give you glory. I give you praise. And it's in Jesus' name we thank you. And everyone said, amen. Now, wherever you are, give God a hand clap of praise right there in your own home. Come on, just give God a hand clap of praise right there in your own home. 
in your own car, in your own bed, just lift your hands right there and thank them. And God, we thank you. <laughs> yes, God, I thank you. Yes, God, I thank you. Yes, God, I thank you. I'm going to stop right there because I don't know about y'all, but God has been good to me. He's been better than me than I've been to myself. And I'm telling you, even when I didn't love myself, even when I didn't think I was going to get anything, didn't know what was going on, God protecting me. He always had things working for me. And even when we don't see him working, guess what? He's still always working. I love it. I really, really love it. Listen, I'm finna go ahead and get to another song. Y'all know it's Throwback Thursday. So I'm finna go ahead and start playing some of my throwbacks before, you know what I'm saying, we get to the 9 o'clock hour. Because y'all know once 9 o'clock hit and everybody get in here, guess what? We'll never hear music again, you know what I'm saying? Because once again, we'll be just talking and talking. And it'd be even hard for me to refresh, let alone try to get a song in. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead. Uh, Get to a song real quick. Yeah, we're going to get to a song real quick because it's about to be 830. I'm going to play that. Then we're going to come right back, get to the scripture of the day as always. And then hopefully around about 845, we can go ahead and just start our check-in just as usual. Is that all right with y'all? Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, listen, I'm trying to stop. I was trying to wait because Google normally go off in the middle of my song and I don't be liking it. But hey, it is what it is. We're just going to go ahead and throw it to this old throwback. Mama Lane, you might like this one. All right, Prophetic Music, calm down. Time to stand up, stretch, and make you some breakfast. Thank you, girl.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. 
Welcome to Welcome Up with the Prophet, where we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. Not sure where you're listening from. If you're not, you know what I'm saying, whether you're on your way to work, coming home from work, already at work, someone working out, maybe, you know what I'm saying, called off work, maybe, maybe you don't got a job. Whatever the case may be, we still want to make sure that you're starting your day off the right way, meaning that you, you know what I'm saying, inspired, motivated, because, you know, things going to happen. You have some ups and downs, some bumps and bruises, some aggravations, irritations, and frustrations throughout your day, but I just believe by faith when you, you know what I'm saying, when you trust God, believe in God, things seem to work out a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? You get to, you know what I'm saying, build some some stuff in your life. Amen. Amen. With that being said, it's time for the scripture of the day. Scripture of the day today comes from 1 Samuel. <clears throat> yeah, I know I never picked the scripture of the day out. I just pulled some up on BibleGateway.com. So the scripture of the day is 1 Samuel chapter number 16, starting at the 7th verse, the seven verse only. And I'm reading from the New International Version brought to you by BibleGateway.com. And it reads, But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I'm going to stop and read that one more time. I'm going to read that one more time. It's First Samuel chapter number 16, starting at the seventh verse, and it reads, But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. I love Bible Gateway. I love how they just do that. So that, this scripture is literally just self-explanatory. And this is, and I tell you, I'm not, I, I give my little disclaimer all the time, but at the end of the day, listen, I'm just going to have to start walking in this authority. Amen. I'm joking. But no, this scripture lets us know that Samuel's going to anoint David and in the process of anointing David, you know what I'm saying? We know he's going to the house of Jesse and he got other brothers, but he's already telling, the Lord is already telling Samuel, hey, don't look at this man and say, I'm going to anoint him just because he looks like he's the, the next one. He got it all together. He's polished. He's, he's tall. His appearance looked like it's it's what up because that's what Saul looked like. Saul was taller than everybody else. He was more fit, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, he's still on the right one. And the Bible literally lets us know in this moment that God says to Samuel, hey, I have anointed him. It's not about his appearance. It's not about his height. It's not about what he got, but it's about his content of his heart. And I wish us as people could get back to judging people by the content and the character of their heart. This scripture literally lets us know Samuel was not anointing I guess the first son or whoever the son was, I forgot his name, Eliab or whatever, Eli, I don't know. I forgot his name. But he, only because his heart went right. Let's just put it like that, plain and simple, damn it down. His heart went right. And God says, I don't look at what people look at when it comes to the outer appearance of what people say and what people got going on. I look at the heart. That's why even with people, you can't just listen to their words, but you got to be able to listen to their heart. With that being said, I'm going to stop right there so we can get ready to go ahead and check in after my next song. But listen, I really want you to study that scripture today. I tell people all the time, we pull out these scriptures and we have this little devotion time in the morning just so God can put something in your spirit so you can meditate on it, chew on it, and be planted, you know what I'm saying, in, in the season of roughness. And I believe that this is a, a solid scripture that teaches us, even as we look at other people and how other people look at us, this is one scripture that lets us know that we cannot look at other people by what we see with our eyes, but we have to be willing to see them with their heart, see them in their heart, you know what I'm saying? With that being said, let me go ahead and load my next song, get to that so we can, uh, you know what I'm saying, get to songbird or you know, get back to check in, y'all know what I mean.
You know what I'm saying? Google went out. It's 8.30. It's time for us to go ahead and check in. But like I said, I'm going to play my next song because once 8, 9 o'clock hit, you know what I'm saying, we'll never hear music again. So, yeah, let's go.
Yeah, we back, we back, we back. Pull up on me. I gotta get that as a dub. I'ma add that to my sound in the morning. I'm gonna be like, pull up on me. I just love that little kid. That's just so funny to me. But good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Waking Up with the Prophet, where we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. Not sure where you're listening from. If you're on your way to work, coming home from work, already working out somewhere, uh, uh, hauled off work today, maybe you don't have a job, whatever case maybe we still trying to make sure that you're waking up inspired, doing the right thing, doing motivated to do the right thing, encouraged, all that other good stuff. Because I just believe by faith that when you start your day out the right way with the right people, right conversation, right energy, right spirit all that you know so all that good right stuff things tend to go a little bit better I'm not saying you ain't gonna have no ups and downs no bumps and bruises no aggravations irritations and frustrations because you're definitely going to have some of those throughout the day but guess what when you allow your day to start off right and let god go before you throughout your day guess what he tends to navigate it a little bit better i don't know about y'all but every morning when i wake up and have time with god spend time with him guess what my day tends to go a little bit smoother a little bit better i tend to be more proactive in the morning time i tend to be on time hallelujah god is working on me in that timeliness Jesus. Jesus Christ, it seemed like I can't get nowhere on time, but God is working on me. I mean, amen. Hallelujah. With that being said, that's good morning, everybody. Y'all know what time it is. It's time for us to check in. Y'all know how we check in each and every day here on Waking Up with the Prophet. We check in with our three daily questions. What's the weather? What's for breakfast? And how you starting your morning off? You know what I'm saying? On a scale of one to ten, how you starting your morning off? You know, I mean, normally we say one to five, but you know, I'm on a ten this morning. But Phone right now, you know I'm on my radio show. Don't do that. Can't answer the phone right now. I'm on the show. Anyway, but yeah, you know I want you to you know, pull to refresh to where you guys are in the room. Listen, if you haven't already, please go ahead and share the room. Go ahead and share the room on Clubhouse. Share it on your Facebook. Share it on your Twitter. Share it on your thread. Share it on your Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Let's be a blessing to other people. Don't be stingy. I ain't asking for an offering, even though I will put my link up there. But you know what I'm saying? I just want you to share the room in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. With that being said, Prophet, it's on you. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling all right. This is Prophet, of course. Um, and I'm on a I'm on a good 10. I'm on a good 5 or 10 this morning, however we're going to put it. Um, only because I woke up on, on time. I woke up on time and I woke up early. I actually been up since about 6 this morning, which is my usual time of getting up. Um, and I was able to have some time with God. I was able to walk the dog early. I was able to clean my kitchen, start on some laundry, clean the living room. Uh, yeah, I, I started my morning off productive, and I love starting my morning off like that because it gives me a good strategy for my day. It gives me time for, to talk to God so I can plan my day out. I tell people all the time, being a prophet is so interesting because this scripture even today relates to me so much because it talks about how, and I'm telling, and I'm teaching it in my trailblazer class in a couple of weeks because Samuel's been added now to the list, but I'm talking about how even when Samuel was going to anoint David, he had to get certain instructions from God. And it's interesting how being a prophet, you always have to be tuned 
tuned in to God. Because one bad mistake and you feel like you can die. One bad mistake and sometimes you feel like you can lose everything. And sometimes that's how I feel as a prophet. So this scripture was so interesting to me because oftentimes we look at people on the outside. We look at people by their stature, their status. But God has called me as a prophet to also look at people in their heart. And I think it's become such an amazing thing to me because I'm able to get up, plan, uh, and, and hear God on where I should, certain conversations I should be having that day, certain things I should be checking off that day. Like anybody who knows me knows I have the daily briefing journal. So every morning I'm getting up, writing, checking things off, writing people's names down in it. And I just love the fact that, you know, I'm getting back into that momentum. Like I said, during the summertime, it tends to go up and down. You know what I'm saying? Because it'd be summer. We'd be outside. We'd be doing activities and stuff. It'd be vacation season. But around about the August season, I tell you, I get back into the swing of things and kids get to go back to school. It excites me. So it just... Yeah, it got me, it got me in my in, in my groove this morning for some reason. Like, it just got me there. I might even drink me, start drinking some tea in the morning. Because, yeah, it's just going to get to that season. But I know I'm going to wait till it start getting cold to drink me some tea. Speaking of tea, there's no breakfast this morning. Y'all know I don't start eating breakfast until y'all start talking. Yesterday, I made me some quesadillas, some quesadillas, whatever we call them. Some breakfast burritos. Yeah, the mugs was good. They had a little turkey bacon in them with a little egg in them. And then I put a little cheese in it. And I don't know about y'all and how y'all eat y'all breakfast, but I like eating breakfast with like interesting stuff like one of my friends like how you eat it with some salsa i said that's just what i like eating my breakfast burritos with salsa sometimes well i would have had some syrup with mine well i ain't you i'm just putting it like that i ain't you but with the <laughs> just teasing i know i've been making fun of my friends but yeah i made them yesterday and that was my little breakfast today i don't know what i'm gonna make we'll see once y'all get to talking is when i'm gonna start eating and we just gonna figure out from there um as far as the weather yeah, I know me. I ain't going outside until probably about 12 o'clock. Um, I went outside earlier to walk this dog, and it was real decent outside. It wasn't hot. Yeah, I got to pray for me because I just be walking outside with nothing but shorts on and a shirt. Yeah, pray for me. Yeah, pray for me. It's, it's, it's going to get better. I threw a hoodie on because I went live this morning, but even still, I just, uh, yeah, pray for me. Yeah, I be hot. It be too hot to put on clothes. Um, But it's 76 degrees right now with a high of 91. Uh, we're supposed to, you know, be partly cloudy. Might get a little bit of rain. Um, it's say partly raining, so I don't know. I don't plan on going outside today because it's Thursday, and I got to close out everything before the weekend because once the weekend hit, I do not be in my office. And folks be trying to get me to do stuff on the weekend, and it's just hard for me to do because it's the weekend. I'm out doing events. I'm booked. So, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm trying to get as much done as I can today and tomorrow before my weekend starts. But, yeah, that's my check-in. Do me a favor. Pull to refresh again to see where you guys are on the stage. If you haven't already, go ahead and share the room. Go ahead and ping some people in the room, and let's get this thing started. Starting with the loop. Mama Lynn, it's on you. Okay, I want background music because that sounds sweet. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, I'm on a 10 like you. I, I woke up singing um, and I can't sing. So, you know, that that's a woke up singing. I woke up in a very good mood. So I left something at home, had turned around, go back and get it. And then rushed to get my coffee and I still made it to work on time. So thanks be to God. Um, breakfast, like I said, it's coffee with some cinnamon, French vanilla. Uh, the weather here is uh, 72 degrees with a high of 86. They said we might get spotty showers. I don't know, don't care. We need some rain anyway. And I, I don't know about anybody else, but y'all have a good day because 
I'm excited about the day. It's like something exciting is going to happen, and I get to witness it. So I'm going to stop right there and listen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mama Lynn. I appreciate it. I feel the same way. I don't know why, but it's August 3rd of the of 2020. I don't know. Today just seems interesting to me, too. I just believe that it's going to be blessed. I don't know. This whole week feels like it's just something good happening. And I believe that it's going to set the tone for us as we go through the rest of the month. So, yeah, I'm praying not only over myself, but I'm praying over all y'all and y'all families, especially the kids going back to school. I feel like this is going to be a great year for some people. I heard some kids, you know what I'm saying, went back to school this year so excited because they started school in the middle of the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? They started high school, middle school, and certain things in the middle of the pandemic. And some of these kids are not graduating this year. I'm just... I don't know. I heard that testimony the other day, and I thought, oh, that's a blessing. That is a blessing. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited, too, Mama Lynn. We both had a good 5-10 today. <laughs> Trey, I'm throwing it over to you. Bishop, Elder Doctor, Reverend Trey. Right. <laughs> um, only, only two of those titles fit me. The other ones I reject, but thanks anyway. Um, good morning to everyone. I hope that everyone is having an amazing morning like I am. I actually got up a little early this morning, which is not like me. So I'll give y'all a six this morning since we're checking in. Oh, right now, six. I ain't never yeah. heard Trey say he on a six. <laughs> That's because I don't be up. Nah, nah, don't expect this tomorrow. Because <laughs> I'll be right back at it too, right? But um, but I'm very... um. I'm good this morning. Of course, whatever the temperature is, it's too warm for me. I'm a winter baby, praise our God. And there is still no breakfast. Um, and um, I believe that's all. Thank you so much, Prophet. No problem, no problem. I appreciate that. Trey said he on a six. Lord have mercy. It must be a good day for real, Mama Lynn. If Trey up and on a six this early, in the, it got to be. It got to be something in the air. Come on now. Hallelujah to God. <laughs> Dr. Pan, good morning, man. How you doing? Go ahead and check in with us. What's up, man? Oh, man, <clears throat> trying to get the cobwebs cleared out. Uh, it's about 75 degrees, I believe, here in Nashville. A little overcast. Had some rain uh, early morning, so it's got a pretty manageable. We'll probably get into the high 80s just based on what I can tell unless the sun breaks out and changes everything i'm on the five i'm thanking god for another day got another busy day more uh insurance to write i'm supposed to um speak in a prophetic room today at noon eastern forget the brother's name but he, he hit me up the other day and asked me if i would <clears throat> come through and and, and and share the word last night we did and started our series on um uh kingdom marriages in the end times and how it points to the kingdom of god and the first leg last night was why Satan hates marriage. Uh, so we we definitely, man, I mean, the room was full last night. Deliverance went forth, man. So I'm excited, man, from what God is doing and what he's doing. And uh, I don't always know how he's going to do it, but, you know, I always know he's going to do it. So I'm excited about the word and excited about the conversation we're going to have today. I don't know what we're talking about today. Oh, Kingdom Marketplace. Okay, Kingdom Marketplace. I love talking about that kind of stuff because the... Um, the conversation is is so necessary for these times. All right, good family. I'm going to shut my mic and listen to you cast for a little bit and see what's cracking like it. Peace. Pat, and I think this is going to be very interesting because I hear a part of some people don't like 
that we done made this kingdom marketplace a thing. Well, I ain't make it a thing at all, but I mean, I guess other folks made it a thing and it becomes something demonic or it's something that we don't, we shouldn't be doing as king, like people challenging folks, like what's the kingdom profit? I ain't never heard of a kingdom marketplace profit either. You know what I'm saying? I'm young. I'm still 30. I just knew a prophet was a prophet and, and some prophets went always in the church. That's how, and then, listen, I don't know. God called my anointing well, was that, different. Just, well, that, that sounds like a marketplace it. to me, but we're going to get into it. No, we're going to get into it. <laughs> Ebony, good morning, good morning, good morning. Do, 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 do. Hey, good morning, fam. Sorry, I'm kind of low. Um, the baby's just falling back to sleep, so I don't want to wake him. Um, let's see, what's the weather? I know it's supposed to be like really really hot okay it is oh no temps went back down okay 72 we are getting up to 88 uh a little drizzle this afternoon but that's about it um i'm tired so i feel like a three but otherwise i'm a five i'll, I'll get up i'll get up there um as i wake up and get my iced coffee going um, I want some God's chicken this morning, so I think I'm gonna door dash me some Chick-fil-A for breakfast. Uh, we'll see. But all in all, good day. Looking forward to the conversation. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Ebony. I appreciate it. Hey, it was interesting. I was looking up something on Instagram yesterday. Did y'all know Queen Latifah was gay? And she was talking to some lady named Ebony. I ain't know Queen Latifah was gay and married to a lady named Ebony. I did not know that child. Yeah, I didn't know she got. I didn't know she got. But yes, she has been openly in a relationship with a woman uh, for quite some time. Um, even if we didn't, even if she didn't come out, I think everybody who was alive in the 90s was pretty clear. Pretty clear on that. I mean, I always thought she was gay and set it off. <laughs> she definitely set it off when she did that role. I mean, I've always thought she was gay and said it off, but I never, you know, it was never officially confirmed. Nobody really talked about it or said nothing. And I've actually seen her in person and her act like been in her dressing room as a production assistant for my first year at Essence Festival. She was at Coke with us. And I don't, like, she was still always, you know, um, she was still always very feminine. Well, not very feminine, but she was always, you know, feminine. She was always good at, like, I could never tell. You know what though? I had the biggest crush on Queen Latifah back in the day when uh she was rapping. Because she was just she was so cool and she was intelligent. And then yeah. like I remember when she when she did um Fresh Prince and she was uh playing the girl that uh Prince didn't really like. I was like, man, send her down here, Prince. I'll take her. She might, you know, she might be a little big bone, but she cool. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But um, you know, of course, I mean, people have always speculated about her sexuality. You know the brat, those kind of people, and now it's safe to come outside. Well, the brat was always, you know, what I'm saying she no. The crazy. brat, mm -mm, mm -mm. when the brat was doing Foxify back in the see, you was a little kid, so you you would you wouldn't even, you know, yeah. I think you were still in in, in diapers and doodling on yourself <laughs> um, when she was rapping. But you know, back then, you know, you 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 kind of because like think about it, what they did with TLC, what they did with the brat, and. A lot of women back then, even um, what's her face? Uh, I can see her face. MC Light. MC a lot Light. of them got. Yeah. They all got real tough and rough. 
And then it wasn't until Lil I thought Kim, it was just like that little swag, like that little tomboy swag. That yeah, that that, that was what they was marketing. But see, that but that was that was the that was the switch. And even in the '80s with Prince, you know, like when he came out with some draws and, and his hair all straight on his album cover. This was the late '70s, early '80s. And then they start asking him questions. And then he did that song Controversy. And that song was so funky, it shut up everybody. You know, like, I mean, so it's just like one of them things, you know, it ain't nothing new. It just kind of get repackaged and reprocessed. And then now, again, as I said, now that it's safe to come outside, you know, guys like Elton John, Freddie Mercury, late Freddie Mercury, uh, rest is, uh, God rest in peace. You know, those, those kind of people were always around. It's just that society wasn't always open to it. Yeah. advertisers and those kind of things weren't open to it. Again, yeah. it's safe to come outside now. And now they just pouring it down our throat to the point it's like, I'm okay, dude, whatever, just do you. I mean, that's what you're going to do, you know. I mean, and that's kind of where most of us are now. It's like, okay, so whatever. Ain't nobody mad at Queen Latifah. Ain't nobody mad at nobody. I mean, hey, I may disagree with you. I may have a different philosophy this and the third. I'm going to do my thing. You do your thing. And then when we stand before God, God going to decide that. But it is what it is. It's just that, you know, we keep uh, making these announcements with people and and, and I, I applaud her because she never really came out and said anything. Right. You know? I ain't never it, known her to come out. Shoot. Yeah, she, she just... MC she Light, just, I knew. The Brad, I knew. Because I think both of them came out before. But even still, like, Queen Latifah, we just... Yeah, we ain't never... Yeah, Queen just said, look, if you see me in the street with who I'm with... her mother. She respected her mother's wishes. Yeah, That's what oh, she yeah. did. She yeah. kept her feminine side. She, because you gotta remember, her mother managed her. Mm, okay. So she really didn't let the cat out the bag until her mother passed. That was their oh, agreement. Wow. So think about that. A lot of them don't do it because of their mother. Uh, look at uh, what's her name on on ABC News. Robin Roberts. Uh, yes. She respected her parents' wishes. Robert Roberts came to? Yes. Oh, boy, please. I did not know that. <laughs> not Robin. Yeah, little Robin. From Good Morning America. From Basketball Robin to Good Morning American Robin. Oh, yeah, because yeah. she did play basketball. Yeah, you right. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, but she was, I mean, but she was, I mean, her, it, it, it's, a, it's a lot of people that, you know, have different, you know, lifestyles and, you know, they just kind of, they kind of live their life. And, you know, and then for the people that are married, you know, to the, in the traditional sense or in the way that I think God intended for it to be, they they talk their families and that kind of thing too. So we, you know, people that are considered straight, we don't have to announce that we're straight. You know, we just we just live. And I think that the time will come where at least uh, all the fighting and infrastructure of the territory will somewhat cease, uh, to, at least from a space of people coming out. But yeah. I think that there is another fight that's going on. Uh, and again, that's what I was talking about last night. That's really trying to redefine that and to affirm. That's the only thing that we affirm uh, or we have to try to affirm that that I believe that the word says that uh, is, is sin. We don't affirm thieves 
Oh yes, we do because we we like gangster raps. My bad. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, we, we affirm the Godfather and, and that kind of stuff. But that there's those few things that we affirm in society that we know that God uh, does not necessarily affirm. So that's why it's been so much of a interest for people to figure out what people are doing, and it get to a it got to a point for me years ago. Where it's like, bro, if somebody, if that's how they live their life, man, who am I to try to, every time some celebrity come out, oh, it's the agenda. Okay. And that might be true, you know, but at the same time, my mandate is to tell you what God said, not only about what teaching it, but, but by living it. Cause you know, some of the people that's always got the biggest, you know, swing at who ain't supposed to be doing what ain't really living the life they supposed to be living. So, so if you was Come living a life now. you were supposed to be living, you know, you li- you start living that life while you preach it, because you know when you start beating that drum, folks gonna start kind of going into your past and your background to see what you on now, and then uh, they come out with them receipts on you. Then you know, <laughs> I mean, it's a whole different, a whole different ball game. So it's funny though. I mean, I I, I mean, look, I've always been a big fan of uh, Queen Latifah. You know, outside of how she lives her life, because I think that she's really been important in a lot of other areas of things that she has done in the entertainment industry. And even though her mother is gone, she may have said something about, you know, what life she actually lives. But she's still trying to produce content out there, to my knowledge, that really is uh, entertaining and uplifting and trying to, you know, inspire and give people opportunities. I, I, I think that's just as important as the other stuff too, just in my opinion, uh, when it, when it comes to, you know, how we see certain things. Now there's others in the, in the entertainment industry. Uh, they ain't doing that so much, you know, they, they got other stuff going on and they, and they basically letting you know that they got other stuff going on and they smack you in the face and they getting paid while they're doing it. But that's, that's just me. <laughs> Appreciate you, Dr. Patton. <laughs> Dr. Patton, that was underhanded. And but I got it. <laughs> she ain't openly say that she's that way. She just made subtle, uh, you just see it. But she does it gracefully. My yeah. thing is, if that's your life, live your best life. Live your best life. Because uh, I'm going to live my best life. But I'm going to give you the word of God that I believe in. And then we can go from there. But, hey, I'm going to love you where you at. I'm going to meet you where you at. You know, hey, I just, it's just amazing to me how many of them out there. Facts. Most people didn't know, but they are. But they keep it in fact. And I like that. Okay. Look at him got the smooth music. I hope you ain't got no cognac or nothing over there uh, with the smoker's jacket on, chilling with a cigar. <laughs> nah. I'm actually on live. So yeah. Him and the dog. going back to his master? I think probably this weekend or next weekend. Yeah, the dog actually downstairs in the cage right now. So, yeah, he, he, he probably down there live. And Patton, no, because I actually be on live. So you can actually watch me. And listen to me at the same time. I'm trying to be like Prophet Jerry while I'm on here preaching, and I'm, I'm gonna be live on on Clubhouse and live across the 
the social media lanes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm supposed to be getting my stuff hooked up too. I just been so busy. Uh, but you know, it's it's funny, man, how now we have so so many mediums to communicate and to get information out there. So it's 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 cool. It's a good time. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find some other people to to add to my team, man. Cause Lord have mercy. This is I want to redo my studio because my guest room is now empty, and I'm thinking about actually creating a studio in my guest room because I, I like you know what I'm saying having people stay in my guest room and whatnot every now and then, but I rather have like a like a real studio instead of just my office. Even though my office is kind of dope, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna think about it. But I'm gonna throw it over to Jy. Jy, go ahead and check in for us, my dog. How you doing this morning? Whoa, na, 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 na. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Jerry. Yeah, my soul. Nah, what's up, what's up, y'all? I'm doing wonderful. My daughter was like, man, are they going to ever let her get, get you a chance to check in? She want to hear me check in. Wow. So, we was getting there. <laughs> yeah, she was like, they won't even let you get a chance to see anything. That's what she was <laughs> Mind your business, little girl. <laughs> it was bad and fault. And you can't even get a chance to see anything. So they don't they don't understand how this clubhouse stuff works. So uh, she's only 14, y'all. So uh good morning, everyone. It is uh when I first got on before y'all start going on y'all extra soliloquies. Uh, it's 78 degrees right now, and we're gonna get to a high of 105. I'm on a good foe. Uh, four, four and a half or so. I don't know. Um, and yeah, uh, no breakfast. I had one piece of uh, what's that thing called? Credit mini wheat that fell out the bowl that my daughter was pouring. Um, <laughs> so, so, so that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, uh, Queen Latifah been out there doing her thing. I think it was announced in 2021 when she was thinking home from some kind of award. She announced her her partner and they have a son allegedly so yeah oh wow really yeah yeah man they've been out here and queen and mc light actually had a husband they just got divorced this year unfortunately but i mean it don't matter if you have a husband or whatever or a woman or wife these days sometimes it's they're, they're called um blankets or something they call all right honey go ahead uh beards is it beards i think they call beards that's the word yeah that's the word beards yeah that's what they call yeah so uh yeah. Have a great one, honey. Get your stuff. Uh, love you. Love you. Love y'all. Oh, <laughs> um, so, uh, the brat, I speculation. coming out with uh, uh, bikinis and stuff, which is in that video with uh, Tyrese. What you like? A whole yeah. Lot of, Tell me, baby. Wait, yeah, the brat not look <laughs> now. Quiet just kept not. The brat is fine. That that's the thing that's crazy. Like, man, you find us all no way. Hey, when she, hey, when she removed those baggy clothes, my so you know functified. Listen, listen. I'm like, glory to God. You, 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 you dragging away. Anyway, I'm saved. And I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Me right too, but I got two um, eyes. I know I do too, and I gotta keep what I say to myself. Well, I, I, no, I, right. I make that. I got four <laughs> eyes. I wear glasses. My bad. <laughs> so do I. Well, so do I. I gotta take them off sometimes. 
uh, to make sure I'm seeing what I'm seeing. But um, yeah, man, they they they, they, they out here living their life and doing what they do, man. Hey, you you do you, you know what I mean? You do you, and you you deal with what you gotta deal with after you doing you. So I always say, man, if you gonna like, I think I think it'll be crappy as heck to like tote the line and then end up going. You know, <laughs> being judged. Well, I got a question. Never mind. I wouldn't even. And go instead of just going know. all the way in, like you might as well just went all the way in. So I mean, if you're gonna oh, go go mm-hmm. in, go in. You know what I'm saying? But go ahead. I mean, no, it was cool because I just one person comes to my mind. Like, well, he should have finally got him somebody. Donnie McClurkin. I'm gonna uh, up, y'all. I hear that? No, 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 no. He said he fights you... that daily. He we found out. Yeah, he, he, that man yeah, said he is not attracted to women. That's what he said. Nope. That's why he say we fall down like and we daily. get up. Because every day he's falling down and he got to get back up again. See, y'all wrong. Get back up. I, honestly, I, I was, but see, I was talking about some of this last night. Because I see, here's the problem. We only see the things of God and the kingdom of God through sexuality. And it's way bigger than that. Way bigger than that. Is it a is it a sign to what the kingdom of God is about? Absolutely, because two of the same kind cannot produce the fruit of the womb. That's Bible. And if you take the Bible out of it, you can put two and two and the same together. And without adoption, without anything else, they ain't producing no children. So that th- those are the facts. But I think that from that perspective, I think that we have to really live our lives, especially for those of us that are single. Because when, when you are a single believer and you and you say that you believe that that lifestyle is wrong, but you're a fornicator or you're a masturbator, you watch porn, or even if you marry and you're a covenant, but you lust when you see, I mean, we have these things that we have to really deal with and be honest with ourselves. And then, yes, we can talk about what we believe is right and wrong, but we also must also have an inward altar that causes us to be able to not only pray for those that we know that are willfully deciding to be in rebellion. You know, if if a Donnie McClurkin says he's not attracted to women, and that don't mean that he's still sleeping with men because we don't know that. I don't know that. You know, know, uh, it could be he may be living a life that- He said he lived lonely. Cause he don't know how to interact with. There was an interview he did where he said he can't date nobody now because he's lived such a life where he's been, you know, it, you know. I guess in the closet or to himself that he can't really have a a normal relationship or a social interaction or romantic relationship with a guy or a woman anymore because it's no longer, you know, that for him. And, and he's been I get lonely it. and single all his life. Now he looks stupid trying to date. Not necessarily, because 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 here's the thing well, about he's still Donnie. stupid trying to date. Let's be like here's he the thing about a Donnie McClurkin, and, and, and I'm not I'm, I'm not because I, I don't know the man. I want to make sure I put that out there. Now I do know men that lived the life that he lived, that got delivered and are married, they got kids, and they're doing X, Y, and Z. I think that one of the one of the things for him that he may be struggling with. Is that with all the stuff that he has accomplished in his in his uh, career, and then even now as a pastor, I think that there is a blind spot to the belief of that those things can actually be uh, imparted, and that that natural nature of his manhood can be awakened 
or even discovered. I, and, and I think that, and, and again, that's not to say he's sleeping with men. I don't know that. There's some people that think he is. And the, and the grapevine may know. I ain't looking for the grapevine. I ain't trying to figure out. I got too much I'm trying to figure out myself. But as a discussion piece, I think that the brother really has what it takes because as much as he preaches, as much as he sings about God, as much as he understands some things, I think if Donnie really wanted to press in and really discover that, he really could. Or it could be a situation that that may not be the will of God for him. And that's okay, too. But from that perspective, as long as he and God know what that is, because all of this is private. When we stand before God, God going to know if we've been faithful. Not the not not the appearance of oh I got my family and I got my kids and you got a boyfriend you got a beer or I got my husband and you and such and such been sleeping together for twenty five years that's been your girlfriend you know you get you know I mean God knows that I don't have to know it but God gonna know that so I just leave it I just leave people to God and 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 look I ain't got no judgments for nobody because God gonna do that part. I pray for people like Donna McClurk and I pray for people like the bread. I pray for people that deal with what they deal with, not just on the same sex thing, but even those that struggle, man, I used to be there, bro. Well, I, I had to have me a chick at least one, uh, once or two or three times, you know, in a week. And I had my rotation. Am I, is my deliverance just as powerful and potent as somebody that used to sleep with the same sex? Absolutely. Is it the same perversion? Absolutely. When we start having those conversations, then what people, who they sleep with and what they sleep with and how and how they got there, it looks different because the lens you're looking through is not what they're doing, but you're looking at through the lens of what God brought you from. And that's why you got to stay prayerful and you can't put your mouth on people from a standpoint of, well, why they ain't doing this or what? Because you don't really know their story. You don't know how they got there and you don't know what their struggle is. I mean, truly the internal struggle. You see the fruit of who they with and who they mess with and the, the stories you may hear, but you don't know the underlying, you know, theme or uh, scenario that keeps them bound. So I think that should be noted. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I would say this too, man. I would say this too. Yesterday I was on, on Instagram and I was watching a few things. Uh, Larry Reed put this post out where it was like an episode of West Wing when dude was using Bible stuff. Really made me really want to like study what the heck was going on. But then another one I watched, it was Malik Yoba on a breakfast club. And it was some transgender or whatever people that was on there. And they was giving that dude the blues. And he said like naturally born women. And I was like, no, uh, assigned at birth and all this other stuff as it's going on or whatever. And I mean, he handled it well. Cause he still, he, he might drop and make them cook, shut their mouth up or whatever, but it's like, how can they, they, they talk about, there's nothing natural about how you're born. It's about what you're assigned. What? Like, I guess so. And it was to the point where there was even a transgender that was in the comments saying I'm transgender and I'm confused with this crap. And it's like, it's like, so I heard one of the craziest quotes that was ever said. And like I said, I got love for everybody. I, I do. But they said, if you had 10 transgender women and 10 regular cisgender, whatever you want to call heterosexual men on an island that was stranded there for 100 years, they said you would find 20 skeletons. <laughs> 
But they said if you found 20 or 10 um, naturally born women and 10 naturally born men, you'll find a, a thriving civilization. So end of the day, wherever you say natural or this, that, and the other, this is what the plan is with God. And I don't care what anyone say or whatever. Like whatever you deal with, whatever you go through, that's what you go through. But God's plan was for us to be fruitful and multiply and have a thriving civilization, not be a bunch of dry bones laying there because we got confused. All right, I'm done. Well, you on mute, Prophet, if you talk. Or he, or he may be away from the phone. But I, I think that, and to shift gears, and not just to beat the oh, session. Hold on, no, my fault, my fault, Patton. Um, okay. Ebony still ain't checked in yet. Let Ebony okay, check okay. in. Okay, go ahead, Ed. Hey, good morning, y'all. I don't know what the heck I just came back to. Um, Hey, so, yeah, I did actually check in. I already checked in. I already told you about the weather. Yeah, she ever said she checked in. I, I already checked in. How in the world when I when I got a phone call, y'all was talking about cleaning my TV. What what how how we get on transgender? What just happened? No, we were just having we were just kind of. I mean, we get into the marketplace thing. I mean, because that is kind of a part of the the subject matter, right? Because back the because market. In my opinion, we can't minister and be proper place that we can't afford to minister to. You know, LGBT people. Right. And guess what? You're going to be around some folk in the marketplace that, that are that way and are uh, uh, and unapologetic about it. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to do business, you know, with these people. Mm -hmm. and, and, and not that they're aliens. You can't do business these people, with people that you're always offending. Well, it's not even that. Because here's the truth. I think that most times in the problem with society in America as a whole, when we talk about the marketplace, Jesus said that, look, I came to bring peace, but I also came to bring a sword. Yeah. So there's always going to be a, a dividing of, as JY just put out there, what the what the what God said and what he intended versus what man des decides from a space of rebellion, because it's either going to be rebellion or compliance. It's only one of the two. And, and as we've talked about before, I, I can I can live peaceably amongst all men and still deal with you. Here's an example. When Daniel is a governmental prophet, because, you know, a lot of people say they're governmental prophets and they don't even have influence with the school board, let alone the government. But that's a whole other discussion. Um, but Daniel is a governmental prophet and he's put in a position of a wicked king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. He's in the marketplace. Nebuchadnezzar makes a decree and says, look, I had a dream. I need somebody to basically interpret this for me. Oh, I'm gonna kill everybody, including my wise men and even the Hebrews that I brought over here that's supposed to be the best and brightest. Cause that's why Daniel and the Hebrew boys and the other uh, young men that were there was in his palace. So when you understand the marketplace from that perspective, the diviners that was on his staff could not do the job. But the people, uh, the, but the, the, the Hebrew boys that had the anointing and came from God could. And they were in the marketplace. They weren't at church. They were in the marketplace. So when you begin to understand that from that perspective, marketplace uh, assignments, and, and even though the fivefold doesn't appear until after the ascension, 
uh, at least from a standpoint of where how it's truly defined and how Jesus has, as Paul talks about it, then understand that when you're going amongst different types of people groups, regardless of the ethnicity, their socioeconomic back, background, and also get this, their sexuality, then the marketplace, I can do business with you and disagree with you. Now, if 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 you allow business to impede what based on what, if you don't accept me based on this, I won't do business with you, then that's your right. If you reject my uh, my expertise, and it will be my right if I had a conviction about a particular scenario, say I was a wedding planner or I was a, I made cakes for a wedding and a same-sex couple came to me and said, hey, will you make us a cake? Well, that's against my convictions. But hey, I have a referral source because I have somebody that I'm connected to that uh, they don't mind doing that. I'll give you their telephone number. See, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's ways to really uh, exist amongst each other without all this uh, bloods and crip, sexuality, religion, race, you know, all these things that we do. And I think that when we begin to understand the kingdom marketplace uh, from a place of collaboration and even respectfully disagreeing, even if we got to part ways, you know, uh, Abraham and Lot went in their separate ways and they was family. So there's too many examples that lets us know that uh, kingdom marketplace things can be done if it's done right. And if we unplug it from the agenda of accept me or do what I want you to do, or uh, you don't have the right, that's against uh, the, the order of God. And that may be true. Both sides could be true for the, for, the, for the two people involved. But for the marketplace's sake, we can still live peaceably amongst each other without all the other stuff. That's what I think. That's what I believe. Anybody else want to jump in? No? Yeah, quiet. I think we beat this transgender thing to a freaking pulp. I don't know how many different ways we can come at this thing, honestly. People going to live the way they live. We all just need to coexist. Let people do what they do. Let them love what they love. I just, I think we just beat it to a pulp, to be honest, which is why I think we all just... It's nothing left. Yeah, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. JY, I didn't even see the video um, that you were talking about. Like, what what video was that? I seen the one recently about the man with the TV, uh, with the TV, like uh, uh, the little TV show thing where he had got the lady together when he was the president. <laughs> I seen that one because that one was kind of funny. At the that end of the West video, Wing. that show was West Wing. Goes a clip from West Wing. Okay. But it was on, it was a clip, I don't know, I just found it on, um, I was scrolling on, on Instagram, and Malik Yoba was on the um, Breakfast Club, and there was some transgenders next to him, and like, you know, um, and he was given a scenario, every time he said something, he was attacked. Like when he said, naturally born women, it's like, no, 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 assigned at birth. There's nothing natural about whatever. And I was like, wow. You know what I mean? But he handled it really well. You know what I mean? And kind of came to a point where he said something and he was like, mic drop, because they couldn't answer his question. And so, <clears throat> but it's just like all these things you have to go through with, you know what I mean? Like, because I want to know who became the quarterback or the poster person to decide of what was natural and what wasn't natural. And 
the church this terminality and that terminality the church. Like, you can't say this you can't say that like who became that person you know what i mean and i know i'm talking about no i'm just talking about like i can't say that i'm a naturally born man boy you know i was a natural born male i chose to be a male you know what i'm saying like i i, I i'm lost in that and um I will argue all the way till I'm down to my bones that I, I'm a naturally born dude and I didn't choose to be this. This is who I am. You know what I'm saying? Just like I can't, we don't, like we don't use these same terminologies when it comes to race or when it comes to uh, animatology or whatever your uh, anatomy or X, Y, and Z or whatever. We don't choose these terminologies. You know what I mean? Um, but when it comes to gender or whatever this is when it becomes uh, a choice because I, 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 I jokingly said I'm like, trying to find a job I would identify as a white male but I'm sorry JY I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt I came off mute too quick <laughs> you good you good man nah. I, you know what as someone like, and I, I, no offense uh, I mean someone like you may you, you've had to help me when I don't understand some of this stuff you know what I'm saying? And not not necessarily in this area, in a lot of other areas. But I just feel like, you know what I mean, why why this? Why that? And then why got to be attacked? Because, I mean, I ain't going to lie, man. He did a great job handling it. I got a short fuse. I probably would have flipped. And so, um, and, I, and, I, and I believe uh, Malik was kind of an advocate in general because he had said something one time and the people were after him. Because <laughs> he had said something about almost like what Tank said. I think Tank said something on a similar area, like if you have intercourse or do something with a dude, they don't make you that, you know what I mean, or something. And I think Malik Yoba said it in that same context, and Joker's was kind of going for him, but you know what I mean. That, that's just the only thing I said. I thought, I thought it was a – I thought he handled it very well because, I mean, they was I mean, they was on him. Like, bro, it was like, man, like he couldn't even get no word out, you know. Like, um, so, yeah, that's my part. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Prophet. Um, question: Was this before or after Malik announced that he's attracted to trans women? That, I knew it was something. Well, there he goes did. that. that I knew he did. Well, there goes that. <laughs> That's why they was riding him so hard. Um, no pun intended. Um, what's going to say? Okay. Oh, so your question about natural, right? And naturalization. So it is a term that, um, that is used beyond, uh, beyond someone's gender, right? So we hear about like natural born citizens, right? Um, naturalization, right? Um, meaning that you did not learn how to, be this thing right so we say that someone is a natural u.s citizen natural born u.s citizen that means that you didn't have to take courses to become a citizen right or no one had to teach you about american history right because in order to now if an immigrant wants to become naturalized they have to go through civics courses all this stuff right to understand you know american government american um ethics all those things right and so the pushback comes right and we must always you know be open to um 
knowing that um, some things that may have not been readily accessible to the masses have possibly always existed in other spaces and it takes a while for those things to be translated, right? So like, you know, the word cis and all this stuff, th those have been around for, you know, over three decades, right? Uh, um, natural born, the pushback on that, um, because you, you're assigned a gender at birth, male, female, right? But you're not assigned man, woman. Right. And we t we talk about it all the time. And, and I think sometimes like we say stuff that we actually are in agreement with, but we we don't realize we say it. Right. So we hear a single mother say, oh, I can't teach my son how to be a man. Right. I'm raising my child. But I can't teach him how to be a man. Right. And so uh, I think there's a little contention, but uh, I like what you say. We have to always be open to those other viewpoints. Right. Um, and, and accept that everybody doesn't have the same level of engagement with these topics, um, that we do. Right. And, and vice versa. Right. Um, so it's just an openness to learning and understanding. Um, I think that's very, very important, but in, in Malik's case, he should have just shut up because everybody knew something on him on the show that he finally came out later and said, and he probably said the T word that ends in Annie's too. He probably said trannies. So, and that's, that's, that's. And what's crazy, that's why I say it's crazy how people want to be called to the marketplace, especially as believers, and don't know how to op properly operate in the marketplace. You're a kingdom prophet. You're a kingdom marketplace prophet. But every time you go to the marketplace, all the only people you attract is black people that look like you who are educated. That's not kingdom marketplace now. Like, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, because that's what I'm trying to figure out, like, what, like, what is it? Because the truth be told, like I said, I, I grew up in a society where a prophet was a prophet, and most of them went in, went in churches anyway. They actually affected government. They actually affected the educational system. They actually did stuff outside of church, and it wasn't just because, you know, what are you? jobs. You said what? Where they at? I ain't never seen none of these big time prophets and prophetesses. Well, and, and that's what I'm saying. I don't know none of them that's actually, you know, like kingdom marketplace type people now. I mean, well, I know one person who I can actually say is a prophet or, you know, claims is a prophet and is actually in government. And that's Kimberly Daniels. That's the so only let, one. Let me, let me name it. I'll name another one. And she probably doesn't know that I watch her pastor like this, right? Ebony's pastor highly gifted in the prophetic but it's also heavily influenced in the field of education right mm, and yes. and those are very very rare in the um in the arena that we're in it seems like people only like a lot of these primetime prophets and prophetesses are only in the business of prophesying to people that are already saved right right that's that's, that's the easy work that's the light work you know you want to prophesy you know, new cars and all this stuff, but can you speak against the government? But the truth of the matter is, I you think that's so- church and tell them something, they gonna get a new building, and they've been in that same building raising money for a new building for five years. You ain't no prophet. And it's gonna come to pass, but I mean, it's public record. And and let's not talk about the prophetess that I saw a clip of that had an in-ear monitor, and that bothered me so bad, because I'm like, why you got an in-ear monitor, prophetess? But, um, like, just the whole, like, um, Hello. You, hello. They, she had an in-ear monitor like she was on a concert. Right. So, um, 
So, like, where, where, where are those with the prophetic gift? Now, I'm, and I, I'm not going to even just point out those that are prophet or prophetess, right? Um, in the um, foreseeing, right? But those of us have been called to prophetic work. Who, who's, who's making change in in education, in government, speaking truth to power? Yeah. But I mean, like, challenging systems, right? Um, why, why is being a prophet your only job? Well, being a prophet is your only job. I know that there are probably many reasons why, because you don't want to go to school um, because you, you think you think that you're going to live off the backs of the people. But are you not called to more than that? Why, why are you not in the field of education? Why are you not working an actual job in the marketplace to affect change? Which is just very, 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 very interesting to me. And every everybody that says that they want to have other jobs, it's interesting what those other jobs are all the time, because they always the same thing. Yeah. What do you mean they always the same thing? I see some people break. Well, no, not really. Never mind. Everybody do the same thing. That's a prophet or a prophetess. And I'm going to go on mute. Which is what, as, Carlos? It's their other job. <laughs> what they do at their other job is the same. Everybody sell merchandise. Everybody's <laughs> an influencer. Everybody is a, um, you don't get me started. I'm going to go on mute. But I think that's why people are teaching a new thing where they teach a prophets to be called to their seven mountains of influence. You know what I'm saying? Everybody ain't called to arts and entertainment. Everybody ain't called to uh, media and stuff like that. Some people are, you know, called to the other areas. But I think most people but have guess, all of it. You said what? But prophet, guess what you got to do to go to those other areas? And this is what people don't want to do. You got to go to school. You can't be no school teacher without going to school. Facts. You 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 can make you can make influence in a Fortune 500 company without at least trying to get some kind of associates or something. But rather, we want to sit around on the Holy Ghost and then let me get get bad when people ain't sowing seeds. Get up and go to work. Go to school. Facts. Be Facts. influential somewhere else. Speak truth to power somewhere else besides the sanctuary on Sunday, or Ooh. besides logging in the Facebook Live. Come with on, five now. of your friends talk about a prophetic summit. Oh, that is powerful. That is powerful. And I think uh, <laughs> now all of us ain't like that, Prophet. <laughs> True. What do you mean all of us ain't like that though? I mean, I mean, there are I think I think young prophets or prophets in general get such a bad rep sometimes because there are so many that have done so many stupid things and that do a lot of the things that Carlos has talked about. But there are still some that do more than host prophetic conferences and things like that. There there are there there are those of us that go to school, get a degree, have a job, you know what I'm saying, and are successful outside of the church. But I just I hate that because there are so many that have a bad rep that sometimes it gains a name for the whole entire community and I just I hate that it and I understand it I just hate that 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 it is that way but there are plenty that you know are getting an education that that owns their own successful company you know what I'm saying that do more than just go on Facebook live and things like that and that are successful in other ways, just raising money on on Facebook. I mean, there are there are. Man, I regret many, going to stop my things. Facebook Live ministry because I probably would be rich right now, like all the other prophets. I'm joking. Oh, Ain't none of them rich. Mattresses. Prop, 
then that then means you would fall in the statistic that Carlos was just mentioning. Trey, and can I get this prime example, right? Sure. Latrice Ryan. Latrice Ryan from Memphis. I love Latrice. Even while Latrice was ramping up to her prime, she was still a nurse. Facts, facts. It was not until her schedule got so busy that she quit her job. Right? And she talks about it, right? That, you know, until God makes the provision, don't beat up on the people to support your lifestyle. Absolutely. And the thing is, if she ever wants to go back, she has a license and a degree to something that she can fall back on in case something ever shifts in this whatever area. Exactly. And a lot of the prophets, like Trey speaking of, you won't even know that they prophetic or have the prophetic gift because you don't even know. They on your job. They, They working in the business you go to. You don't even know until one day they they walk up to you and, and give you something you be like dang and i think that i think that's one of the beauties of the prophetic ministry that the prophet can arise in places where people are unexpected facts because you know what uh, carlos they hold titles called advisors yeah um administrators and things of that nature where you don't know that they're really they're really prophetic or you have people like myself who get into politics and, and influence of policy. You have people who are unaware, who aren't looking for, you know, let me say this. Those of us who have been called to, if you want to put it this way, evangelize in the marketplace. Because everybody that has a job ain't doing marketplace ministry, let's be clear. Um, but those of us who have been called into those arenas, to influence the kingdom agenda or to, to ensure the kingdom agenda is carried out, aren't walking around speaking in tongues and all of that. Um, and we're not all necessarily advisors either. Some are advocates. Some are advocates. Like we're Facts. in various positions. I think we miss that whatever your position is, whatever you do, I don't care if you're the janitor, if God has put you there, you're there for a purpose. You can still be carrying out your kingdom assignment, no matter your title. Facts. And what I love, like Carlos was talking about certain, um, he was about Latrice Ryan. Let's add to that Jackie McCullough, nurse practitioner, still licensed nurse practitioner. She can go any day she wants. She can go back if she if she chooses to. Uh, let's talk about Carolyn Showell, licensed clinical psychologist. Can go back if she wants to. That that she is highly mental. She is the reason why I got into this field. Um, because she marries ministry and psychology so beautifully. It is effortless. It is genius. It, I mean, it is just flat out genius. You said who, Ebony? Uh, Bishop Carolyn Showell. Okay. I've never heard of her. Um, oh, oh, please. YouTube that. If you on YouTube okay. anything, YouTube Bishop Carolyn Showell will change your life. Um, yeah, people, you know, they have no idea the influence of it. Shoot, my bishop, although everyone knows him as Bishop Shanta Younger or S.Y. Younger, they have no clue the places that his hands are in and the work that he's doing. Building schools, 
um, you know, building organizations, consulting, etc. So every place that we find ourselves in is a kingdom assignment. We don't need to be called in by the president as an advisor to be, and I'm just using advisor for the sake of my. We don't need to be called in by someone who who just happens to know that we are pastor, reverend, minister, whatever, um, to do our assignments. You are literally there to make the difference. See, the problem is we go on our jobs and we tell you and they would never even know that you are part right. That, Come that on we, now, that we that we're even saved for real. Yeah, a week off of holy convocation, you're like holy convocation for what? You go to the church, right? Really? Facts. Then they find out you were elder, and now, now, now you ducking and dodging. I have a friend <laughs> uh, who so much hell on her job. Um, and one Sunday, she got into it with this girl over this man. They both like this the same man on the job. Okay, it's her turn, mind you. She's an elder. Okay, it's her Sunday to expedite. She gets up on the pulpit to expedite. Looks out and see said coworker sitting next to one of the other elders. And she is dumbfounded and confused, can barely get her words out and stumbling over her words. Why? Because you didn't went through your job acting like a complete fool. And now here's this woman who you could have said, you could you could have led her to the Lord, but instead you fighting with her over some dude. Y'all fighting over trivial crap in church. And your witness is completely tainted. She ended up quitting her job not too long after that because that girl went back to work and was like, can y'all believe she's a preacher? And she this and she this and she in here talking like this. That's why don't nobody go to church. That's why don't nobody want to be in church. You know, that's the first thing they say, right? That's why don't nobody go to church. That's why don't nobody want to be there. You know, we all have our kingdom assignments and I think that if we took our jobs or the things that we've been called to more seriously, um, I, I think we, we could really make the impact that we are supposed to to make yeah, but we yeah. turn we turn our disciple switch on and off we turn it on and off when it's convenient um instead of always walking as disciples of christ but we we you know again we pick and choose in my particular position i'm blessed to be able to help people but i'm blessed to be able to also influence policy that helps people but in doing that i get to talk to families from all over I get to meet, you know, shoot Gerber. I was just in a corporate meeting with Gerber talking about what they can do in our area to help in food insecurity and how they can have their part in the prematurity, um, you know, awareness arena, all of that. Meeting those people, that's an opportunity for me to not only shine my light, but get the policies done as well. So I think if we stop flipping that switch on and off when it's convenient, we could do what we're supposed to do. And in, we're supposed to be setting the policy, not influencing it. But we, we don't want to talk about that. I think most people have to understand their assignment, too, when it comes to their area of influence. Like, you know, most people, when they say they're called to an area of, like, government or, or education and stuff like that, they don't know their particular assignment. Like, how you just said, yours, Ebony, is, uh, you know, helping out with policy. I know for me, mine, you know, it's it's kind of unifying people. Mine is making sure that people build life, life, like lifelong memories that alter and change them. Like, I'm good at building experiences, and that's literally one of my assignments. When I tell people it comes to my business and what I do with, even with the company is to help them build strategies and memories and events that's going to change them. But I think a lot of people, when they're called to certain areas, they don't really know their impact or their assignment to make an impact. Most people just want to go into small areas or even big areas trying to be big. When, you know, my new thing is going to a big situation, trying to be small. The small part, you know what I'm saying, actually still matters too. 
But everybody want to go into a situation trying to be big without knowing the smallest things of their assignment. Yeah, you should know in and out. My job, part of my job as a chief of staff is to know everybody's job in and out. From the cleaning crew, those, you know, the ushers. Yeah. I have to know everybody's job in and out. And at any given moment, like I did Sunday, I told y'all on Monday, I had one person who's pretty all over the place. I had to fill her spots in. And I had other people whose spots I had to fill. Same thing's yeah. going to be the case on Sunday because we're going to have some people who are going to be out sick. I'm going to have to step in and fill that. Yeah. I think we all need to be prepared to be well-versed. You should know yeah. everything that's going on around you so that you can morph and adapt. Yeah. You get stuck in the one place that you are in. What good are you? Exactly. I was talking about this, and it, I, I ended up saying this somebody okay. talking about corporations. Somebody was going off about why are we overqualified? Why is being overqualified such a thing? I don't get it. What's the point? And the point is, if this is just another stop for you just to get a paycheck, you're not going to build there. You're not going to build bad, there. Bad. You're not going to add value. You're just going to come and you're just going to get a check. But when you take time to be cross-trained and learn other roles, yes, get certification. Go, yeah. they, they know that you want to help build this organization, that you're willing to learn it inside and out. Same thing with, with ministry. We should be that well-versed. Don't get so comfortable uh, uh, being, the, being the, I'll use me, being, you know, elder or being, you know, chief of staff or senior elder or executive pastor or whatever, that you don't know how to clean the freaking toilet, that you don't know what goes into, you know, setting up the, the sound for something right. or whatever. You can hear so interceptor, but don't know how to turn on the sound booth. Come on now. Right. I mean, you know, and everybody's not good at everything, let's be clear. But I do think we should at least want to learn. So that when there is a deficit, we can come together and yeah. make it happen. If I injure my right leg today, my left leg is going to have to overcompensate the weight because I'm going to shift it on there. If my left leg decides, nope, I ain't doing it. Well, now I'm stuck. Well, now I can't walk. Now we need a wheelchair. Now we got to bring in outside forces. Now we got to spend money. Now we got to put in, we got to do all this extra stuff because the other member decided that it didn't want to pick up the weight. We got to be cross-trained corporately and in the church as well. Yeah, I think that's that's amazing. That's really amazing. Because I know what they say. It's only the church that allows a person to hop up in position without actually going through training, without actually going through development. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't going to cap. Every process that I've been through, it took me a good two, three years to even get a mic, to get in leadership, to get to certain places. That's why I even thank God for where I am now, because I mean, it, it didn't come without a process. And I think a lot of times we skip the process just because, you know, we think of age or because we're going to a new place. Like I tell people now, even when you go to a new church, bro, you got to be willing to start over. Do you do it with a job? Like, come on now, you got to be willing to start over. And I think some people don't want to do that. Most people don't want to, like, put themselves down to that lower level. They already think that, oh, well, I'm a superman of God, prophet, so-and-so, so-and-so. So you can't, uh -uh. no, it's okay. Prophet, you can calm down, too. Bishop, you can calm down, too. Like, <laughs> get some learning. Affect something else. I saw a post that said, um, youth pastor today. It said, youth pastor today. Bishop tomorrow, Vice Jesus next week. Not Vice Jesus. <laughs> it's so true. It is so right. normal true. 
I'll use me for example. You know, I told you guys, I started preaching when I was 16. I'm 36. I'll be 37 at the end of the year. So it's over 20 years of experience. Guess who's sitting in the elders classes with everybody else right now to get my license under this ministry? I'm sitting in them classes like everybody else. I'm taking notes like everybody else. Yeah. I'm acting like I don't know the New Testament survey and Old Testament. I'm acting like I don't know none of it. I'm sitting there learning with everybody. Right, relearning, yeah. Chief of staff and all. And I don't have to raise my hand and answer every question to appear as if That's I know good. it all. That's good. Because I, I, I am willing to go through the process to get what I need to get to be in order. That license of that old organization ain't doing nothing for this one. Granted, they recognize me. They know my work. They know my my resume, it was, which is why they didn't put Elder Elect in front of my name. But I'm still doing, still doing the process. And we can't be afraid to go through the process. We can't be afraid to humble ourselves and do what's necessary so that we are in order. But, you know, order can be a cuss word in the church. So. Do y'all feel like everybody has a more obligation to be an impact in society? Because I tell people, I tell everybody all the well, I don't tell everybody all the time, but I tell a, a good group of people, like, you don't have to be super influential. You don't have to have a thousand followers to make an impact. You don't have to, like, a lot of people look at me and say, oh, you should have, no, I don't have, I don't need 10,000 people to make, like, do you feel like everybody can make an impact in a small, like, in a major way without having to always, you know, put a role in government, put a role in arts and acting, put a role in, like, you know what I'm saying? If you can't be trusted with two, how are we giving you 2,000? Facts, facts. Exactly. So, yeah, no. And let's be clear. Instagram followers, honestly, it's a headache. I have over 10,000. That ain't pay- and it's, Oh, hold on. What you pay- headache. I said I have over 10,000 uh, Instagram followers, and it's a headache. Which is why I'm starting to use my personal page more um, than my my you know my actual like nonprofit you know right. where I started telling rain story and all of that because it's a headache. Right. With it comes so much. Any little thing mm-hmm. you perfect example. I posted in my story. I posted two videos of my son yesterday. My son has terrible reflux. So we had just got out the car. Got out the car seat and he threw up everywhere. All over himself. All over seat. He was just sitting there just laughing and giggling. He was so happy. I got seven or eight messages. Hey, um, I, I just wanted to say his um he felt my clips. Um, next message. Oh, he's so adorable, but move his seatbelt clip up, ma'am. He's sitting on my sofa. We're not in the car. We're we're not in the car. So all of these messages, oh, just make sure you oh just make sure you like all of this crazy unsolicited advice. <laughs> like, oh, you should only put these factors on him. You should only do that. Oh, premium do this. I'm like, ma'am, this is my second premium. I am not new to this. He's sitting on my sofa. Like, we're not in the car. Safe. <laughs> he is well. Chill out. Relax. There, there's a lot that comes with that audience. But I started that page with 20 family members. Five years ago, when Rain was first born, I started with 20 family members. And now it's grown to almost 11,000 followers. Not that I asked for it, not that I wanted it, because I didn't. But they found value in my story. They found value in what I was sharing. I right. still have a responsibility to shine the light of Christ. So even in my responses, even though I was irritated, I took it on the chin. Thank you so much. We're home sitting on the sofa. And I definitely appreciate that sister advice. Thank you so much. Now, if I got in my inbox and was like, girl, get out of my face. I know what I'm doing. Waiting. Just going off, acting crazy. Not only am I losing followers, 
now people are walking away from me saying, oh, she's nasty. Oh, she's unreachable. Right. Oh, she's this. Oh, she's that. Then when I post a preaching clip, they can be like, oh, girl, don't listen to her. She don't listen to her child. She she nasty. She oh she in the church or she see that's how that we don't we don't think about that and then we call people haters because they call us what we call an offering. Yeah. Is hard here, believers. You, you don't really get to have an offering. Yeah. You don't get to treat people nasty because you're having a baby. That's that's not how that works. Um, but again, that goes with discipleship. So that's that's the whole other concept. That's so good, Ebony, because that reminds me of what I tell people all the time. Because I've had, like, I I, I wouldn't say I have uh, 10,000 followers. I don't have all that. But I have a good, solid, uh, I got a good, solid people following. And most of the people who are with me, you know what I'm saying, are actually subscribe, subscribe to me. And they give, you know what I'm saying, a certain amount of money. And what's interesting is I tell people with that responsibility, you have to make sure that you're actually accommodating those people. And oftentimes for me, because all of them are not like in a church, you know what I'm saying? Everybody has different needs. Everybody has different ideas. And I think a lot of times in church, people have been so captivated by, you know, the idea of having an audience, the idea of being a leader that they don't know the responsibility and the weight of it and how much it is to actually handle it. You know what I'm saying? Because when people actually connect with you, they're looking for certain qualities, certain things. And I think us as believers, we have to be able to deliver on it. We have to be able to give them more than a, a speaking tongue. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's why, you know, you even built your audience the way you did because you were offering value, you were offering quality content. And I think even with a lot of believers, everybody want to be influenced in the spiritual level and on the spiritual be many pastors and preachers but at the same time if you're not actually helping people with solution and results it's kind of not you just saying it like you said it everybody else say which is why a lot of people you know what i'm saying aren't is it like always gravitating to it anymore i feel like it really comes with us being people who have knowledge in certain areas. That's why I think Carlos was so right when he said, go to school, get educated, because then you have valuable information to offer somebody that most people do not have. That's why I tell people all the time, I don't have to be a prophet to give you certain information that I learned from experience through education. You know what I'm saying? That's going to get you to another level. But I think sometimes we stay so ignorant by thinking we want the supernatural. We want what eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard. When truth is, no, eyes have seen it, ears heard it. You need to go to school and get the education so you can receive it. I'm just being honest. I mean... I could be wrong. But anybody else want to, you know what I'm saying, get that well, opinion? I'll say this. I think let's not negate getting a trade because everybody's not going to college. Okay? Facts. Even that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, get a trade, get get something. Um, right. I think I told you guys before. Go to Bible school. We are saving for, if you're going to go, go to an accredited one, please. Don't get a don't get a, 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 a doctoral degree from these biblical joints that you're only in school for seven months. That that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> uh, but no, get a trade. Everybody's not going to college, but you can yeah. get a trade. Um, yeah. you know, and, and be just as successful and end up in a lot of, you know, do do well for yourself. But get a trade. My kids, saving for their college. But should they decide to do something different, go to the military, they mm-hmm. want to be an electrician, okay? That doesn't require college. They make good money, by the way. Um, if you want to do, you know, trade, go ahead. But if you're not going to college, you can take this money and you can buy a house. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to do. You can buy some land. You can buy something with this money I save for college. But, you know, go your route. Everybody's not going to college. It's just true. But, you know, you can get a trade 
you can step into an entry level, you know, government position and work your way up. Like many of our grandmothers and them did. A lot of them did not. Our grandmothers, you know, we ask for money now. They got all the money. That's, that's retired and sitting home chilling. A lot of them did not go to school. They started yeah. entry level government positions straight out of high school and worked their way up to GS whatever. And now they're sitting pretty. So everybody's path is not the same. I am a huge proponent of education. Please don't get me wrong. Which is why I'm back in school now. And this will not be my last master's. Um, but, you know, everybody's not taking that. And that's okay. Just make sure that you are being influential in whatever track God calls you to. That you are, and you don't need followers to be influential. You have followers. You, you have the person whose desk is next to you. You have your boss. You have the lady in the cafeteria. You have the janitor who you see every day and walk by and don't speak to. You have the homeless man out on the yep, street yep. who asks for money or something to eat every single day. That's your follower. Start All right, there. come on now. That's good. That's your kingdom impact right there. That's your kingdom marketplace right there. But most people don't want to take advantage of that. Prophesy to the kids in your classroom. That's the marketplace. That, but oh, that's so good. I like that. What's another way I think us as Christians, because since, I mean, I'm not saying being a, a Christian or kingdom marketplace, anything is a bad thing. But what is the way that we can be more effective in that area besides just always speaking in tongue and going to the mountain of religion? I'm coming to answer. Give me just a second. All right, you did. Trey, do you want to answer it? Mama Land? Anybody else want to jump in on that one? Because I think that's cool. Like, I think that especially when we're believers and we're called to have an assignment by God and we believe that we're called to other regions outside of the church, I feel like that we also have to continuously pray. And I said it earlier, but pray on the assignment. Pray on how God is calling us to do what we are called to do. Even for me, I look at a lot of the biblical examples that I use when it comes to me being a prophet, like Samuel. Samuel was literally infecting the government by him going to anoint David. He was literally walking to, uh, as a governmental prophet. But then here it is now, us as new modern age prophets and whatnot, we ain't going to anoint nobody. But at the same time, we still have the ability to impact the government by getting behind certain people. Like Stacey Abrams, getting behind Stacey when she worked the boat. You know what I'm saying? Like, do that. Can you anoint them like that? Because I think oftentimes everybody want to be that prophet that rebuke Samuel and, and want to say this and want to say that over the little pulpit. But then truth is, are you still going to be that same prophet that says, okay, I'm going to go risk my life to go anoint the next king because I believe in, you know, the nation. I believe where it's going. Sometimes we don't do that. And I think that's what makes us uh, impactful even in the marketplace. We have to be willing to step out into the world and do things in an untraditional way that causes change in not only our culture, but in our communities. Did that make sense? Why it, yeah, it makes sense. Which is why okay. I said, you know, everybody's not going to Congress or, you know, your your state legislature. Everybody's not going there. Um, but do you know who's over your community watch? Do you know who the mayor is of your town? Yeah. Do you know, you know, what's going on in your city council? Do you even know who these people are? I mean, you hold them in a position. Or, or maybe back you don't. School is your church blessing schools now? Well, I mean that's simple. That that's that's simple. And that's not even really an act of yours per se. That's a that's an act of the church as a whole. Um, but you know, there there's so many things that we can do. Like I said, it's so small. Um, there's a church here who has a uh transportation ministry that I love. 
they spend two SUVs to every single subway station in this area, everyone on our on our system, to pick up people who want to go to church. All you got to do is call by Friday night and say, hey, I want to ride to church, and they will pick you up from the metro. Something so simple. So how many people don't go to church because they ain't got to ride? That's like 80% of the excuses, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're eliminating, eliminating those excuses. And they don't want your money. They don't want nothing from you. And they serve you breakfast. Like my church, we serve breakfast beforehand. Anybody can come in off the street and get breakfast. You ain't even got to stay for service. Just come in, eat, get fellowship, be loved on. That's all we ask. Um, you know, that's 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 it. We just want to love on you. And in that little bit of time, we can show you the love of Christ. You know, it's not it's not always some big grand gesture. Sometimes it really is just letting your light shine in whatever area. You've been graced to be put in. It's not as complicated as we make. It's really not. Facts. You know what's crazy is I nobody really knew how essential essential workers was until the pandemic. And I think oftentimes we we take for granted, and I said this earlier this week, we take for granted the people who are actually impactful and valuable in our lives. Those people who are, you know what I'm saying, the nurses, the the doctors, some of these teachers and stuff like that. Those were, you know, essential people in our life. And oftentimes, like I said, we don't realize it until something bad, like the pandemic hit. And now, you know what I'm saying, we value those positions. We value those jobs. And I think for a lot of the church and a lot of people who are believers, I think we have to realize that we're essential without a crisis happening, if that makes sense. Like everybody want to be important when there's something going on, but truth is, can you stay in that position long enough to realize how valuable you are without it being something going wrong? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just think we undervalue our own stuff too much and we want to be important. That's why I think a lot of people have switched over to this kingdom marketplace mentality because they feel like they want to be important in a, another area of life other than the church, which is, which is good. But at the same time, I've heard a lot of people confuse their mount, like be confused in their mountain of influence. I think just because you have a certain talent in one area, doesn't mean you're always called to that area. Like me, I tell people all the time, I'm anointed, I can prophesy, I'm gifted, but I don't always believe that I'm called to the mountain of influence when it comes to religion. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to church. You don't see me preaching in churches, but you have seen me have a microphone for, Pe for Pepsi, NBC, AT&T, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've been called in that area of influence. But I think oftentimes most people say, okay, well, if I got to get the saying, I need to be, you know, in the church. And we'll demonize the person who says, oh, well, I got to get to sing, but instead of singing in the church, I'm going to do background vocals for Usher. You know what I'm saying? I don't see nothing wrong with that. As long as you living your life saved, to be honest. And most people, we try to we try to uh, bound people into certain areas based off of their gift. Does, you know what I mean, Ebony? Well, that's the thing. A mic in your hand doesn't mean you're, you're influencing anything. Let's be clear. True, true. You no, I'm just talking about gifts. I'm talking about gifts. Because even with the church, sometimes we'll even limit certain people because of their gift of singing. So, oh, you can only sing in the church. But then we, you know what I'm saying? If they got a gift, they can also use it for arts and entertainment. They can go be a background singer for Usher. They can go be a background dancer for somebody else other than praise dancing in the church. And it should not be demonized. It should not be looked at. Oh, yeah, as of course. Yeah, of course. I, you know, some people feel more traditionally, you know, that charity starts at home. Um, and I, I do agree to that to an extent. You know, if you, you have a gift and the church has need of you, you 
definitely shouldn't be using that gift outside of your church because your church is suffering. That doesn't make sense. That's like me having a nonprofit and here come my, my church's mission department is struggling. What sense does that make? When I'm doing it outside, I can definitely do it for my church, but I can still do it outside as well. Um, going on tour to sing for secular artists, musicians, you know, playing stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm huge on it. Let that light shine where it's supposed to shine. Now we don't get to dictate. We don't get to see their every move to know if the light is shining. That's why you got to bind your business and give them to God. You can't. You're not gonna be able to dictate their every move. You're not gonna be able to know if they're like, you know, if they're evangelizing or if they're living a life, you know, that that points back to Christ. You're not gonna know that. That's why we have to work on our own soul salvation. In short, mind our business, because we're just not going to know. Um, but I don't think that should be demonized. Oh, a gift again can be used outside. They should be used outside. We should be able to shine somewhere besides the dollars on the church. Because how are we? How are we bringing anybody in? We just swapping members at this point. We just we just switching chairs. If we're not outside bringing people in, and for me that's the huge that's the biggest issue. With the church, like we can boast on church growth, but if we track the numbers, they just move from church A and C to church B. That that's not indicative of evangelism. And let's be this. This is probably gonna hurt. But standing, giving out uh, our school supplies every August ain't indicative of evangelism either. They taking your book bag and they getting on. What else are you doing in the community? What else are you? Doing? What you said, giving out book bags in August. <laughs> Yeah, every August, you, that's not evangelism. You're supplying a need, but that's not that's not that's not evangelism. That's not what that is, because they can get that from anywhere. What's different about what you're doing? Are they hearing the gospel? Are they being shown the love of Christ as they're hearing the gospel? That's what makes the difference. If they're not, and you just hand out book bags, you might as well just keep your money, because you're not affecting the change that you think you are. Um, and that is one of the, the biggest issues, one of the downfalls of the church as a whole. I don't care what your denomination is. We are failing in evangelism. We are failing. We are recycling members instead of adding to the body daily as we should be. Because, again, it goes back to the beginning. Our lights are not shining in our respective places. How do we use... How do we use our gifts to identify what area we're supposed to be impacting? If that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like me, I don't use my gift of having like the gift of God, my gift of prophecy. I don't, I don't use that in the church. I use it in the world. You know what I'm saying? But I believe that's what I'm called to. You know what I'm saying? I use it in the marketplace. Now granted, I do use it in the church when necessary. I'm called upon. I will. But at the same time, I use mine more so, you know, in my mouth some influence in art, entertainment, and administration and business. So how do you how would you help a person identify what area of influence or yeah, what mountain of influence they're called to? What do you do easily? What do you do passionately and easily that is effortless for you? That's likely the area of purpose that you've been called to. What what do you do? Um, you know, that not only brings you joy but brings God glory. I would start doing it. And then of course, you know. You gotta pray. I mean, we can we can talk about what you're good at all all day long. Like I sing, I sing, I sing BGVs, but I don't do it in my church unless somebody's out because that's not what I'm called to in this church. I just fill in the void on some Wednesdays and some Sundays. 
but I do it for my husband or you know, for my husband's ministry because that's 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 what I've been called to do. So it's not so black and white, but what do you do easily, effortlessly? Um uh, what would bring what it what are you passionate about? I'm certain that, that that the start, that's the start of finding, you know, what you've been called to uh within and even outside of the church. But this boy is going off, so let me go. No, you good, you good. Trey, I'm gonna throw it over to you. What area of mountain uh influence do you think you're called to? You know what I'm saying? You being a young man, gifted in singing, just got your degree, you know what I'm saying? You one of those young prophets like me who, you know, got our head on straight trying to do, you know what I'm saying, I, a little thing. What area of influence do you think God has called you to? And how do you, how were you able to identify that? Now, when you say I've been getting ready, now when you say area of influence, are there specific ones that you have named that I'm supposed to choose from? Um, you know, people have taught on the seven mountains of influence, the religion. Yeah, I ain't never, I ain't never heard of that. <laughs> uh-uh. you, ain't never, you ain't never been taught no. that? No, that, that's, I'm not privy to that. Go over them for you. One religion, sure. two family, three education, four is government, five is media, uh, six is arts and entertainment, and seven is what's the last word? I forgot. I forgot the last. I forgot business. Business. Well, the two that stick out to me that I do now are definitely family and entertainment. Um. I definitely feel like the Lord has used me to be a bridge in my family, immediate and long and distant family to bring them back to Christ. And that's something that's been on my heart that I've been trying to do is to bring my family together. And um, I'm making new connections in my family, you know, getting them in church, you know, getting, you know, praying with them, getting them accustomed to prayer, getting them accustomed to, you know, studying the word, getting them in a Bible study. Um, making sure they know who they are. You know, they call me, ask me questions. They want prayer. They want to fast with me. So definitely that. And then also with entertainment, because with me being in the, being an independent artist and stuff, you know, there are so many that want fame and fortune so bad. They'll do anything or compromise who they are. But I'm a person that believes in standing firm in who I am, um, no matter what other people say, showing that, just because we're in the industry does not mean that we're not saved. Definitely standing firm in holiness and righteousness, no matter what. Um, making sure that people that I know or people that I come in contact with, that they can say that there are still people that really love God for real. And that all, you know, and that all aren't about the fame and the fortune and the money and the numbers and stuff. But there are people that genuinely love God and want people to be changed um, and transformed. So. I think for me, those are two areas that I digress and I mute my mic. I was wondering why you had to respond to a mountain of influences like that. Is that a new teaching for you, Trey? Yeah, I've never heard of that. I don't I've never heard of that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's fairly new, but I mean, I've just recently heard it over the last past three years, four years. Um, I think it was right before the pandemic was when I first started learning about it and hearing about it. But then it wasn't until I got on Clubhouse and I started hearing more people talk about it and teach about it. And I think it's interesting because, like I said, people demonize uh, certain mountains because I believe they're not called to it. But the truth is, I think all of those areas are powerful and impactful. I, I would somewhat consider all those an area of mountain place influence 
But at the same time, I think us as believers, we only see, oh, I'm called to the area of religion and preaching. And then there are, like I said, of course, those people who have those other areas. But I think a lot of times we mislabel or misidentify what area of influence that we're actually called to. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, just because I'm good at talking and having the mic in my hand don't mean I should be called to the church. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just giving an example or singing. What you said, Carlos? So I was going to say, that's why we have to be careful, like, what we subscribe to. I just looked up this seven mountains thing in this entire movement that believes in the seven mountains of influence. Mm -hmm. These are the same people that were supporting Donald Trump for another presidency and Paula mm -hmm. White. And there were statements from the leader of the seven mountain influences that stated that finally we have a president that believes in the seven mountains of influence and that Donald Trump believes in the seven mountains of influence. Like that's what I mean. I, I would suggest that we have to be very careful with what we subscribe to and what we think may be good. And from those who it comes from, we yeah. have to be careful. Because those seven mountains of influence, as you mentioned them, those seven, what, what are those seven again? It was religion, family, government, media, Arts and entertainment, business. I think was that it. Did I miss one? I think that was it. So, so nothing about community, huh? Nothing about community. I think that was. I think that fall into family. No. 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 Because the seven, the seven areas believe that these seven areas control society. Mm. Which for black. All of those errors can be detrimental to us. Yeah. Just, just a thought. So when people say that they kingdom place market, when they've been called to the marketplace, what does that mean to them? Because many people have defined it as being called to one of these areas. Yes, ma'am, go for it. Okay, y'all, you talking about these seven whatever, uh, but then K Nick said something that said ding, 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 ding. They said, you know, he read it and he said this was uh, when Paula White and all of them was backing the president and they was trying to get the president, you know, Eric, all of that mess with the president and her speaking in tongue and Mm -hmm. Think about this. Only reason why they did that and said that and said this, uh, Trump believed in so everybody could back him so he can become president so they can get what they want. So think about that. Hmm. A play on words. Yeah. I, yeah, because I had never heard of that until now and then Okay, I'm go back on you because I'm gonna say some things that I shouldn't say. All of that got popular on Clubhouse. Let me just say that I never heard that crap outside of Clubhouse. I heard all it before Clubhouse. All these little prophetic rooms, people in here talking about you know seven mountains, and it sounds cute, which is why the church picked it up, in my opinion. People, people are really good at picking up what sounds deep, what sounds you know prophetic or whatever. 
whatever area you've been called to, do that and do it well. It ain't got to be a mountain. These are just areas. It's got to be a mountain. <laughs> it don't. It, it just don't. You just, just catch on the crap that sounds churchy and call it fact. Or that sounds deep and call it fact, which is one of the things that irritates me about the church so bad. And this app. Because um, we just we just click anything that sounds sounds about right. Sounds sounds deep to say. It's seven mountains. Shut up. Are you affecting your family? Do your family know you guys? Are you shining a light at work? That's what we need to know. Are you saying, if you're a singer, are you singing? Are you like, are you in your place? Are you discipling? That's all we need to know. It's that simple to me. Well, everybody's trying to go to the nation, so, you know, I don't see why not. And don't even know their city I, council. I, like I said. Don't know your city council, but you're trying to go to the nation. Okay. Can't speak no other language and don't have a passport, but you're going to the nation. Okay. Well, that's why Do they know what the nations mean going to the nations? Do they actually know what they mean? Do they actually know what they detail? Well, you know, you, Ebony, I think it was you. You said something about uh, going and passing out book bags and back to school supplies and calling that evangelism. Uh, I look at some of the things that people do, like going to feed the homeless. What do you mean more than just food? They need some socks, some underwear, something to wash their body with. Uh, they need a whole lot of stuff. Sometimes it should be stuff. Yeah, I know. But people need to really look at what true evangelism is. I, I really think they need to dig into it and see what a true uh, evangelism is. We have some people stuck on evangelism and then other people who are stuck on discipleship. And I think a lot of people who are stuck on discipleship right. want to stuck, be stuck on discipleship before evangelism. And I think you cannot that's the that's the old adage. You can't clean the fish until you catch it. And I think most people haven't perfected the form of evangelizing to catch their fish. Which is why most of the fish are jumping back in. <laughs> right, right, right. Because, you know, Jesus gave us the perfect example of both. He did. I believe he did too. See, I think that's why it's so interesting because I even and I uh Carlos, I even dropped a synopsis of what I was reading too when I um uh pulled up the, the, the seven little letters and names. And I just think it's interesting because it's interesting that the theory, you know, was presented in what what is that, nineteen seventy five? So it's been around for a minute, even though Ebony says she hasn't heard it uh, until Clubhouse. I've heard it literally right before the pandemic. It was something that was rising. It was something that was being talked about in spaces here in Atlanta, as well as even in my home church. That was something that my pastor, even Pastor Michael McClure, has mentioned before, because at the same time, he was challenging uh, us as leaders to not just be impactful in church, to not just have a big name in church, to not just be church famous, but to actually have a mission outside of church. So I've heard this before, you know what I'm saying, even before, like I said, clubhouse spaces. But I think it's interesting because a lot of people say they call to the marketplaces, they call to different areas, but then at the same time, they criticize and demonize those areas that they're probably not called to or the spaces that they could be making an impact in, but you just don't have the language of that space yet. And I think that's what's wrong with a lot of people, especially church folks who you want to you wanna church, but you don't got a business language yet. 
You don't know how to talk business. You don't like that. It's, it's stupid. Like you want to build a school, but you don't know how to impact the system of education already. You should already be going to your school, but your church trying to build a school. Like that's, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's interesting. And I get it because us as kingdom people, we want money. We want kingdom money, kingdom finances. But I think there is a certain way to approach it that kind of has been mm, talked differently. Well, I, I had to step out the room because I had a, a call I had to take. But I, I like what you just said because I, I see so many people slap kingdom on stuff just for the sake of saying kingdom this, kingdom that. And the seven mountains thing is more philosophy and they've taken scripture to try to, uh, and I still match. haven't heard scripture that justified it yet. Well, Besides, I mean, other than trying to be a, a governmental prophet. And that's what they kind of started making me feel like, okay, I get into a sense, but even still you should be, a, never mind. yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think the marketplace, I mean, we, we see the example of how Jesus moved throughout the marketplace and, and he talked about mountains being moved from a metaphorical standpoint. And then when Moses shows up to uh, Pharaoh, he says, let my people go so they can worship me. And then all the things that God did was from a mountain with Moses. So the whole, it's a stretch at best for somebody to try to take that and, and make it a theology, at least for me. Now, I, I get it. I mean, if you if you talk about the metaphor of mountain like Jesus did, and you talk about these seven things or certain influences where you can, uh, I, I think sometimes the word infiltrate, and, and, and I've had these debates with guys that believe in it. And I said, man, I, I mean, infiltrate, you, you, you're not going to infiltrate a system and change it. You can't change a system that was already corrupt because you, you're going to probably get corrupted by said system. Your job is to go in and be the light in a system because you're not going to change it. There are some things that you can make changes in. I think what things that can improve, but the overall thing, because think about it this way. And I mentioned this earlier, Nebuchadnezzar threw the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. Uh, but the, 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 the chapter before he had a dream that couldn't be interpreted uh, by but nobody, but Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. You know, and that same Nebuchadnezzar still ended up being destroyed by God because he never repented. So from that perspective, I think that our job in the kingdom marketplace is to be able to coexist and do business or occupy. But where is the kingdom marketplace then, Pat? And what, what is the, that factually every, defined in? Everywhere you go. Okay. Okay. Every, everywhere you go. I mean, because the thing about it is every, everywhere you need to be. Because I'm a prophet on my job just as well as, you know what I'm saying, in the church. Right. I mean, because don't tell me you, you, you know, you're doing Kingdom Marketplace at, at Magic City with Warrens, you know, and getting drunk and doing your thing. Because, you know, that's what people do. That's what they say. They, 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 that's what I was saying. They slap Kingdom on a lot of stuff that's, you know, really their carnal issues kingdom versus... Clear. Everywhere I go, the kingdom goes because the kingdom, as Jesus said, is on the inside of me. Paul said that it is not meat or drink, but it's joy and, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So when you understand that the the, the, the the concept of the kingdom and the marketplace and the light, as Jesus said in Matthew 5, I let that light shine so men can see my good works and not just so they can see my good works, but if it glorifies the Father in heaven. It, it, it's it's the litmus test, or at least it's the proof that there is a kingdom that 
I come from, or I'm a part of, or I'm a representative of. It's not a kingdom that's appeared yet. That's what Jesus was telling Pilate. My kingdom ain't of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, do you think that my, my armies, or do you think the people that follow me would allow me to be before you or would allow me to be murdered unjustly? So from that perspective, that's how I see marketplace and that's how I see kingdom. And I, I steer clear of people that lean into a lot of the seven mountain theory overly because they think that, oh, we're going to go and we're going to create a theocracy. You know, the Jerry Falwells and those kind of people. And when you start peeling back the layers of their ministries and some of the deals that they made politically don't look like kingdom to me. They're like it just benefited a bunch of white folks and so-called evangelicals. So we just have to tell the truth and expose when people are slapping kingdom on stuff or talking about kingdom and talking about marketplace. But then when I see the fruit of your results, only these people are benefiting versus the entire kingdom of God, the entire body of Christ should be actually benefiting or should be learning something or should be contributing or even getting something out of what you've been preaching and what you've been teaching. Just my two cents. No, I can I can agree with that, Pat. I could definitely agree. And that still makes me still like think of how we took, I guess, this theology and applied it to the black church. Like I can't say I have not heard this in black churches and I think it's interesting because there are several preach people that are preaching this now and it's like, okay, well, I get it because as black people, we definitely need to, you know, make make a change in society. We definitely need to affect societal um structure. And it comes through one of these ways, whether you're doing it in your family, whether you're doing it through religion, whether you're doing it through business, government, arts and entertainment or media, it is definitely happening. And I think the theory that, you know, it was that's being put out is it's, it's actually it's actually decent. But I think we have to learn how to actually make an impact in all of these areas. If you're not making an a impact in your own family, then how can you expect to make an impact in the government and media? You know what I'm saying? And granted, you definitely can. You can make an impact in one area and not the other. But at the same time, I believe for us to be teaching this in church, us to be teaching this in ministry, we have to build, um, I guess, a, a basic infrastructure on working within spirituality religion and then building from there. I think a lot of times we try to we try to encourage making an impact in every other area except for the small ones that actually build to the big ones. That's why we even tell pastors, hey, take care of your own house first. You want to be the bishop of this, that, and the other, but you know what I'm saying? Your, your, the area of influence where you have with your family ain't even being affected. You know what I'm saying? Let alone you trying to go up to somebody's school, trying to go to somebody's courthouse, trying to, it's, I mean, granted, you may have influence in that other area. God bless you. That may be a gift for you to have influence in the other area. But I think, you know, building the community as a whole, it starts from the, shut up, dog. It starts from the basic level. And I think that is what we're, we can, like, overstep. And I think that's why a lot of pastors and leaders are now introducing this theory. Like I said, I don't think it's completely bad. But at the same time, I believe there's a certain way that we teach it. We teach <laughs> We say a lot of times, a lot of stuff that we teach in the church nowadays came from our, um, I wouldn't say Caucasian counterparts, but came from a different level of teaching and a different perspective of seeing things. And now we just not, I, I guess, learning it because y'all just not, y'all said hearing about it. So 
I don't know. I think it's very interesting. Well, I mean, but here, here's my only pushback to that. My pushback is that water's cool to drink, but you don't want to get too much of it because you can drown. Yeah. I can cook your food, but it can burn your house down too. Facts. So, so the thing is, is that if I'm sitting here talking about a bunch of mumbo jumbo, because some guys explain it, it just sounds like a bunch of mumbo jumbo. They'll, they'll, they'll take scripture and then they'll talk about all these philosophical things about how the church is supposed to be doing X, Y, and Z. And, and the truth of the matter is, when you, Ecclesia called out ones, we're called out from systems in general, not just the, the, the system of the temple, but, but the system of the world. Now, that don't mean that we are not connected from a space of that we don't go into town. I ain't saying we gotta be Mennonites, and I ain't saying we gotta be be that extreme, and no disrespect to those people. But I'm just saying from a space of if we're gonna have influence, then the first two things that's gotta be strong is family and religion, and God knows that we're very weak, not just in the black community, but 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 across the board for people that call themselves believers that have all kind of things going on that are counterintuitive, counterproductive to what kingdom's supposed to represent. It's like, what king you really serve when you got that going on? So I've heard this as well, Pat, and people say when Jesus went to the woman at the well, that was an ex example of, I guess, being a kingdom prophet or a marketplace prophet. Do you believe so? Because I don't see too much in place. Only time I see Jesus being a marketplace kingdom prophet, whatever, is like... I don't know. Maybe when he flipped over the table. No, it's more than that. Let's let's open your let's open your Bible. Woman at the well is one example, but a lot of Jesus teaching the Sermon on the Mount. You know, that's Matthew five. That was not in the synagogue. He he taught more out in the marketplace than he did in the synagogue. And if he went to the synagogue, he did it for a reason. From a space of he went in in the actual synagogue because he wasn't welcome in there. He would be on the outside and the people would know who he was based on the mighty acts and people hearing about him. So then the crowd would gather and he would strategically be set up in front of the synagogue to teach. So when you understand it from that perspective, then again, the marketplace is wherever you go or wherever people do business or do life. It may not always be commerce, but for the most part, when you talk about being, as the kids say now, being outside, I mean, I'm driving now. I don't pass four McDonald's, five hotels, a couple churches. <laughs> you know, that's the marketplace. So anytime you go, anytime you go outside of the church to minister, you could consider yourself a marketplace prophet. Absolutely, absolutely, because because the thing about it is, the fivefold was always meant to operate in the in the marketplace. Now the gathering place is another. Jesus didn't do away with the temple from a space of gathering. He did away with it based on the corruption of the system itself. So when the church started or the called out one started, they was called out from the system of the synagogue and they met house to house. And then over time, as Constantine made it okay for uh, the believers or the, the followers of the way, because that's what the faith really was called, not again just do your study yeah. the Christians uh, then they started building buildings again 
And then slowly but surely, the corruption started to come back in. Because when it was called out, the early first century church was called out, they was being martyred. They were being uh, tempted and tested for their faith and their stance because society rejected them. It was when society began to accept them and the enemy, and that's why Jesus prophesied it in Matthew 16, the gates of hell won't prevail because now, or at least as we saw the, uh, as people say this term, and I don't like it, when they say advance the kingdom, I still don't know what that means. Uh, because uh, it don't make sense. Because when you talk about advancing the kingdom, you you probably talking about picking up some some weaponry and, and making people uh, worship the God that you say you serve. And it don't work that way. The Muslims did it. The Christians did it. You you have the Crusades and the Holy Wars. So you you have those things basically to, to 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 reference. So to me, the advancement of the kingdom is not only a lifestyle. But it is a way of only not only thinking, but interacting with those that in the in the marketplace that are lost. And when you see guys like Bishop Jakes that can have influence in the business world and the religious sector, that's an anointing. Everybody can't do it. And here's why. Because everybody don't have the mindset. Yeah. God does God doesn't give everybody those keys. And there's a reason for that. Because there's certain people that get those keys, and we've even seen certain snippet of it where scandal and all. And I was I was preaching about this last night. I said every main uh, mainline denomination got some kind of scandal or somebody trying to sue them for some kind of sexual assault or some type of sexual uh, immorality. You can't name one that don't have a lawsuit. It's the truth. Potter's house so, don't got no lawsuits against them. Who? Potter's house. No, I, I said denomination. Oh, I said, I said denomination, but and 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 they may have a lawsuit. Uh, no, they got it's them. Called, you, you, it's called it's good PR. It's called a good law thing. Oh, so, okay. so, and, and this is a we live in the most litigious society too. So lawsuits are lawsuits. Uh, so I, I, I'm not trying to you know shoot nobody down. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm just saying from a space of understanding how we have missed, we 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 have really misinterpreted. Uh, marketplace, the kingdom, and all those things. Because Jesus keeps telling you in the scriptures what kingdom is and what the marketplace is and how we're supposed to act. But we keep having idiots try to recreate it because many of them try to gather people unto themselves. And like I said, you come up with a bunch of stuff that sounds good, that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God, has nothing to do with how we're supposed to conduct ourselves in the marketplace. A lot of the companies that slap, we're a Christian business, or uh, we're, we're, we're a Christian-based company, are some of the most crooked and heinous companies that you ever want to hear about and read about. And it, and, and it if anything, it embarrasses the kingdom of God because those kind of things ought not be so. But they making it easier for y for certain churches and stuff to do ministry. <laughs> That's what they're trying to do. I mean, listen. I had a kingdom I did once before, and I just shot it down because people said it wasn't it wasn't of God. But some of these people do got some nice ideas for kingdom for kingdom business. Well, that and 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 some people do, and some people do great things. Everybody ain't hooking and tricking and 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 doing <laughs> stuff they ain't got no business doing either. But you do have people that are. And to me, if you're going to tell me you're doing kingdom, I'm just going to look at the results. Yeah. 
I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I'm gonna see what's under the tree. That's what's gonna That's tell what me. I was gonna say, Pat. You can have a good idea and not have a great execution. Idea right. and execution are two different things. Yeah. Cool. But if I get up on it and I don't see nothing, I'm gonna tell I'm I'm just gonna say what I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, 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 and vice versa, right? Because you know, we all supposed to be able to examine each other and say, hey, is this productive? Is this fruitful? Is this is this what the kingdom is about? You know, but we live in times now where you know we everybody got a mic, everybody got a camera. We can we can criticize a lot of stuff we don't even know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know. And, or we could be absolutely right. But what we can't do is try to redefine again what the kingdom of God is about. And the marketplace and the kingdom of God, they go hand in hand. What it doesn't go hand in hand with is with corruption. It doesn't go hand in hand with trying to dominate people. It doesn't go hand in hand with political voting blocks and super PACs and all this stuff that we've been talking about. And with some of my my brothers and friends that's in those circles, that's where we part ways. I ain't saying that people can't be political. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying, though, when, when, when the tentacles and the fruit begin to see that you're catering to one group or you're doing things to basically sabotage other people's right to exist, or you're doing things that basically is one so one-sided that the entire, again, kingdom of God is not existing, we got to tell the truth about that. And when the polit- when they say the political mountain and the political arena, and you start looking at the entire kingdom of God, and you start kind of l- looking at the receipts, you tell me who getting all the benefits. Because black folks ain't getting none of that. Hispanic folks ain't getting that. In fact, you're trying to keep Hispanic folk out the out the out the country. You you're trying to lock up as many black folks as you can. You're trying to keep people's social uh, econo- uh, economic uh, opportunities to a minimum as much as you can. So that don't look like kingdom to me. That look like division. That's devilish. That's the devil. That's antichrist. That's anti-kingdom. That, that, that's what I see. And that's why I, that, that's right. That, that, that's why in those spaces, I don't have many friends. I can have the conversation, but I start lifting up the receipts. When I start lifting up the receipts and start saying, well, how does this benefit women? How does this benefit African-Americans? How does this benefit, you know, Hispanics? How does this benefit all of us? And when it's the same people that's benefiting, then to me, that ain't kingdom. That's the same system that Jesus came to destroy. That's why he came for the fair. He came so hard against the Pharisees because they was enriching themselves because they was cozied up to the Roman government. So, as uh, Brother Carlos lifted up before in another conversation months ago, the whole crime was about sedition. And then they just kind of then put their religious stuff into it because they knew that's how they could get the get what they wanted done. Same thing. Oh, we want we want to get rid of uh, women's rights to choose. We want to get rid of uh, you know uh, you stopping us from our Second Amendment rights. Forget the fact that the NRA and all these other groups can write big checks to actually legislate certain different things that's actually bad for communities. Forget that. Forget the fact that a woman's reproductive rights from a space of if she has an etopic pregnancy or the or the child could actually kill her. Shouldn't she shouldn't we shouldn't she be able to make the decision which way she wanna go in that in that space? I don't believe in abortion from a space of birth control, but for medical reasons 
and those kind of things. I believe that. Those fools don't even want to discuss that. And the reason why they don't is because abortion for them is not about the right to life. It's the right to make more white white babies live because white folks have more, way more abortions than people of color and Hispanic folks. Those are the facts. That's what they're out there for because as Roland Martin lifted up not long ago, if you was pro-life, you wouldn't be cutting all these programs that benefit children that are in poverty. You ain't pro-life. It's not, it's not true. It sounds good on the surface. And it sounds like, we can again, we can slap kingdom on it. No, that's not kingdom. It's not. You can say it is, and we can argue and fight about it. But the, at the end of the day, if you're doing things that basically when, when Jesus says, take care of the foreigner, take care of the widow, take care of the hungry, visit the sick, take care of the people in prison, veterans look at all those programs that those type of people that talk about the political mountain uh, 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 uh of their th of that whole philosophy and then look at the numbers of how they treat those kind of people and that'll tell you if that's kingdom or not because in acts 2 and even in exodus 35 where it comes from when you see that the people had all things in common and they brought all their their resources to the apostles and then they they redistributed the wealth we don't have that in that in that mountain of, of politics because they're not doing that those are the facts so that's how i see it i that's why that's why i don't i dislike that that whole moniker that theology if you can call it that in, in my opinion i can't stand it because i don't think it's true and it does not have the, the tentacles or the fruit to prove it because if that was true then public schools, the people that believe in Christ that are in public schools will be getting a scholarship to all y'all private schools. Oh, I, I forgot. Y'all didn't want to go to school with black folks and Hispanic folks. That's why all those schools are still literally white. Okay, I'm, I'm done with my rant. No, but Pat, you raise a good point, and I bring this up often. I don't think that our dear brothers and sisters in office are necessarily pro-life. I think they're pro-both. They're pro-birth. You want the babies here. You want the lives here. But once the lives get here, then what? You've got nothing for them. You want people to bring babies into this world that they don't petition, they, they may not necessarily want or may mistreat. You don't care what happens to them after they get here. You just want the babies here. That's that's not pro that's not pro-life. That's that's just being pro-birth. Um, you're taking away, you know, things that could end food insecurity. That's not pro-life. There's, there's nothing. You don't want them to have a better life. You're taking away, you know, you won't even influence um, bills that have something to do with, uh, you know, canceling student debt. You want these kids at the age of 17 and 18 to get out of school and have huge numbers of debt over their head before they even get started. That's not pro-life. That's not pro-life. That's stress. That's chaos. That's them already, before they even get their foot out to make an adult decision, they've already got adult bills. I mean, chaotic bills. They're all, they're already in the hole to you. That's not pro-life. Again, I just call it pro-birth. Facts. I see Master Charles, Pastor Charles yeah. came in. Good morning, Pastor Charles. Good morning. Good morning. I got a few minutes, but um, I am getting riled up here. Good morning, everybody. Everybody's doing well. Yep. Pro birth is what it is, and and see, here's the worst part about it. I'm around a lot of folks who have created 
a brand new religion. And that religion is called patriotism. They are they have become worshipers of the nation versus worshiping worshiping the God of the nation. And I'd go as far as to say, if you say that this is a uh, nation that that is of God or loves God, I would like to challenge um, all the little pieces that go with that, where I know folks right now, and I've seen it with my own eyes, where people will, you can sing, I'm proud to be an American, and they with, lift their hands and cry as if the Lord just, just uh, breathed on them and they felt mm -hmm. some kind of special something. And then all of a sudden you say, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. They stand up there like a stiff statue as if you ain't said nothing. So um, I've, I've been over that for years. And now that I guess I'm in a place that I can actually vocalize it, I'm going to shout it from the housetop. There's a whole conference going on right now that is... Um, we believe in faith. Faith, faith is faith is the key. Faith, faith, and you know it's good stuff. Don't get me wrong. When you're coming from the Bible, I can agree with you. But there is a certain tinge of patriotism that comes up out of that, and it makes it look like let me be a patriot, and then let me also vote Republican, and it goes through all of that. It's got all of that, but don't be for the people. No, oh, you're for the people, all right, but you're for your people, whoever that may be, and guess what? It makes it okay because, I'm sorry, I'm getting loud. Um, let me calm down, um, and, it becomes, <laughs> and, it becomes, <laughs> and it becomes okay because I have a few black folk in it. And so um, that to me is very, very uh, sketchy. It bothers me, but I continue to preach and I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lovingly talk about it, but I'm gonna tell you, let you know the truth that I, I'm not scared of none of y'all because it makes me sick to know that you would rather have a, have a child to come and they're pro-birth and it's like, then after they're born, you don't have nothing to do with them. It was like, a, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a SpongeBob uh, parent, and and there was one SpongeBob thing that they had, and they had, uh, it was he for he is the John of the fellow, and they lifted him up, and then um, next thing you know, they were all gone. There's no man in here, and they just were left left him, and he fell fell on his back <laughs> after they lifted him up, and that's what it looks like. I mean, I'm gonna probably use that in a sermon one day and say that's what we do. We we lift people up and we say how wonderful and how great uh, America is or how great it is that we just saved the baby. But then after the baby is born, you don't want to have nothing to do with it. All right. I'm born of you. I mean, that's kind of sad. I mean, that's, but that's why I say, how do we, for believers, we have a heart to change culture, but at the same time, we're always not in proper place or position to make the change, which I think is kind of bad because that's why that people are called to these quote unquote other mountains of influence. Because if we can get in positions to make changes like that, Pastor Charles, I think some of us actually would, but we're not always called called to that. You know what I'm saying? That's why I look at Bishop Jakes as a great example. You know, he's he's great at using his influence over his pulpit in the area of religion, but you know, he's also called to the area of media and arts. And I think he has a way of touching people's heart through 
through that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like he's one of them type of people that, you know, got to always put his hands in the medical field or, or educational field or governmental field. But I do believe that there are certain leaders, pastors, even uh, parishioners that actually are called to those areas of influence where they can say, hey, let's put some policies in place. Like, Ebony, let's put some policies in place to make sure that, hey, we get care for our preemies. We get care for, you know, these type of families. I think there are those type of people. I think we just I think so he's, and see, I think he's already in that already, to be honest. I think he's already in he does, you know, he does you know mega care and all that kind of stuff. He's oh got, yeah, okay. I got, remember Mega. You know, he's he has got that. I mean, what I'm saying is that what I what I see from this is that he has he, he was in the in the uh for lack of a better way of saying it, in the uh in the back in the corner and was given the opportunity to be able to make a difference and instead of taking his money and just spending it just frivolously he did put it out there he did right. other things to help others and and he's 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 a bill he's a businessman he really is he's i mean he came from uh business yeah when he was growing up he, he came from out of a house that had a business you know um but he's just learned how to be able to do what he needs to do to make it happen and i think to me that is just that's awesome it's a great thing to see um if some of us can have one of those pieces and yeah. and 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 be able to be able to also uh benefit from it and i don't think there's nothing wrong with being an administrator and having a salary from that but if you say you're going to do something it would behoove us to actually do that uh, in business even you know i think now in this season it's great to be able to have uh, a christian business uh, that you can use, but sometimes the Christian business is is not as excellent as other businesses. It it just is, you know. You want an artist that can draw, but they can they can't draw that well. But you go to over here to somebody that's that's from another country that don't even know God at all, and they do it perfectly. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, I I I, I just think that right now it's it's for us to be able to really. Um, be who we've been called to be as much as possible and and um, use our kingdom influence to be able to bring more people into the kingdom of God, period. So maybe that's maybe that's what I'm talking about. So I, I, I love that, Pastor Charles, what you said, because I, I have the same disdain for a lot of those environments where we're, we're afraid to call out and say, patriotism is your God, not the God of heaven, the Lord of heaven and earth. And because if if the Lord of heaven and earth was your God, then some of the stuff that you do in the name of patriotism, you just wouldn't do. You wouldn't you would detach from. And these times continue to show us because we got a former president that's indicted. Supposed to be arraigned today, by the way. Right. Arraignment uh, today. Right. I mean, so Liz Cheney lost her seat for doing what was right. Is she a Republican and a Christian? Uh, Mike Pence is. Uh, got a. I mean, he's so far. Mm, now nah, we ain't gonna speak on Mike Pence now. No, 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 no. Oh, he's straddled the fence. He's straddled the fence. Right. Yeah, we don't know about Mike Pence now. Oh, listen, <laughs> but listen to me though. I, okay. I, I'm, only, I, I'm saying this from a space of how they they beat and bang the gavel for integrity. Mm, okay. And you know the Tim Scotts. Of course, he black, but they ain't stunning him. You know, so the, the so, so the truth of the matter is, these guys are not what they say they're about. They're just not. Now, do they have things that they say that you can agree with from a standpoint of what the Bible says? Sure. 
But that's me being from afar, and I can see the fig. I when these, well, I think I see figs on the fig tree. But when I get up close, <laughs> I don't see no figs. I'm ready to cuss all y'all now and burn the tree down because I don't see I don't see what you advertise from afar. And I think that from a black church, a so-called black church standpoint, I think that's where some of us get in trouble because we got a fig leaf relationship with the kingdom too. Because when it's time to teach you about investing, when it's time to teach you real biblical principles, if they don't bring on a shout, you ain't interested. So some of us that do have that gifting and anointing, we're not allowed to exist in certain mainline denominations that cater yeah. to our people. So it's a lot of different nuances and a lot of different challenges to that. And I think that, as you stated, you know, people can be put into office at the local and state and federal level, even from that from that standpoint. But I, as I stated earlier, the system is so is so corrupt. How much change can you really invoke? Because the people on the other side are gonna dilute everything that they can. You know, HR forty has been on the floor of the Congress or the Senate for almost forty years. John Conyers, the late John Conyers, my frat brother, introduced it, and it's still sitting there. Why do you think that is? When you ask most mainline white denominations about reparations, they don't believe in it. They'll preach exodus, oh, that's though. That's the bill about reparations. That's right. That's exactly what that is. You 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 make a good point, cause here in Ohio, uh, we got issue eight on on the ballot. It's the only thing on the ballot, and it is about the majority rule. Here. They want it, want you to vote yes, so they can have the majority rule, so they can change anything without our vote. They can do just like they passed the abortion laws and all of that. It never hit the ballot. So they never gave the people a chance to vote on anything because they're trying to say the majority rule. They're trying to run the state. They trying to change everything. And when they do that, it affects seniors all the way down to infants with this right to life thing. Well, your right to life thing, it, it, it ain't, you know, it's not benefiting me, especially when you take away my medical or you take away food stamps. Most Seniors in Ohio that get food stamps, they only get $15 or less. What? What, what, what can you do with some food stamps like that? $15? $15 or less. Baby, I can't buy no food with no $15, Mama Lynn. You can't go to a restaurant and get a meal for $15. Come on now. <laughs> right. You know, so... I've been telling everybody, vote no. I I don't care at this point. Y'all better vote no. I want to be able to go to the voting poll and, and say yay or nay on what's to be passed. Michael can tell you it, it is crazy. People don't get out here and vote and they don't pay attention. I've been telling all my young people, 
but I don't watch news. Excuse my language, but damn it, y'all need to watch the news. Y'all need <laughs> to know what's going on. Well, I see it on Facebook. Facebook ain't the news. The Facebook ain't going to tell you how to prove. Yeah, they do. That's why you look at two or three different channels. They know not to call me at 6.30. No, from 6, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock, don't call me because I'm watching the news. I'm trying to find out what's going on, what they talking about. Then getting on the internet trying to figure out, okay, let me break this down. Well, my son called me. He said, Mama, please break down issue eight for me. So I broke it down for him. He said, oh, I get it. Okay, I understand. I know how to vote on that. They're doing anything and everything in their power to take away our right to vote. And then call it, and, and I don't know. I don't get it. And then you get mad when you don't, you don't have no rights. Oh, well, okay. I'm going to leave that alone because it's a very touchy system, uh, issue to me. And uh, I didn't mean uh -huh. to use the word, but I did. And that I had to take that up with God, but we'll be all right. It's okay, Mama Lynn. We understand. <laughs> oh, I see Michael came in the room. Michael. You you somebody that I heard here in one of the rooms when this was first being talked about, but about this marketplace, kingdom place, profit and whatnot. And Michael said it ain't biblical. And I want to know why it ain't biblical, Michael. <laughs> Michael, are you there? Probably busy. All right, he, he, he ain't there. He ain't there. Anybody else want to jump in though before I get ready to wrap this up? I think it's an interesting. I think it's an uh, interesting concept that we all have kind of introduced. But I think you know the church is just finding another level to shift, another level to be deep. Kind of like Juanita Bonham said <laughs> in her uh, little in her little rant that she did in this church the the, the weekend. I just think it's just us trying to find another reason to be relevant when truth is we can already do that by making the simple impact that we have now, like doing the best we can do now, whether it be the classroom, whether that be on your job, whether that be in government, or even if you're in arts and entertainment, you make music, you make videos, you're on production. It's 11 a.m. Be the best. Okay. It's time to wrap it up and start working. I know, Google. I'm already working. Trust me. I'm already on it. But yeah, I mean, I think it's time for us to actually step up and start doing things that, you know, are outside the, the, the normal of church. But that's just my, you know, my little opinion. I'm actually over here working right now because I have a business and an ministry, and it requires me to work. It requires me to work. So thank God for that. I'm actually over here designing a menu right now for somebody who actually does, like, cakes and stuff like that. So I'm over here designing her menu, so I got to get back to work. But this was a powerful conversation, but I want to get to final remarks and question of the day, which is, what's today? What's today? What's today? Today is the third. Today is Thursday, August the 3rd. And it says, what is the last thing that you borrowed from someone? Question of the day today is, what is the last thing that you borrowed from someone? All right, me, profit is on you. Do -do -do. Um, the last thing I borrowed from somebody, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't usually borrow stuff from people. 
I'll probably say a lighter because I usually don't keep lighters and I probably like had the lighter candle. I light something and I probably ask for a lighter. You know, I'm not smoke. I'm not on, I'm not big on smoking. I don't smoke like that. So I don't ever have a lighter when I need one. So yeah, that's why I mean, that'll probably be the last thing I didn't ask to borrow. Other than that, I don't really borrow stuff. I think I probably had asked my neighbor for some Worcestershire sauce maybe a couple of weeks ago, but that's about it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really borrow stuff from people, but this was a good question. I want you to pull the refresh and see what you guys are on the stage, and we're going to get to final remarks and question of the day. When's the last time you had to borrow something from somebody, or what was it? Mama Lynn, it's on you. do 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 That's a good question. I'm not a borrower. Wait a minute. Let me take my earpiece out. Okay. I'm not a borrower. Um, can you consider borrowing a, a slice of bread? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was a long time ago. I got that from my neighbor, and then when I went out to the store, I bought him a whole loaf of bread. So, oh, we got you, bar. Mama, uh, you borrowed a slice. <laughs> a slice. I'm not a bread eater. So when you're not a bread eater, um, you rarely eat. It. I just don't have bread in my house. Yeah. Right now, I got a loaf of bread in my house, and it's been sitting there for a week. I know when I get home. I'm going to have to throw that bread away because my daughter and I don't eat bread. Uh, okay. I borrow money from my daughter, but me and my daughter be passing money back and forth that we be laughing. You know that $10 <laughs> I borrowed from you and I paid it back. Can I get that 10 back? <laughs> you know, so I'm really not a borrower. So I don't know. That was the last thing. But the subject was good. Uh Great conversation, great topic. I love y'all because y'all make me sit here and think. And I be thinking hard, especially at work. But, uh, <laughs> hey, I be prophesying people at work and they be looking at me like I'm crazy. And they be like, oh, wow. You you, you just put me in a whole mindset. And I be looking at them like, yeah, I probably did. But I don't know what I just said to you, but I'm going to keep it pushing. I like <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know what I just said. I was just following God. I'm going to keep it all going. <laughs> Trust me, Mama Lynn. I'm the same way. <laughs> I appreciate you so much, love. I really, really do. Thank you so much for coming in the room, as always. All right, who's next? Um, We got Pastor Patton. It's on you. Oh, let me come off mute. Yes, well, uh, great conversation as well. Sorry I had to dip out for the time that I did. I think I missed a lot of the juicy stuff that I could have talked about. But, you know, um, I do believe that ministry uh, is a marketplace and it does transpire in the marketplace. I think that we've tried to make it a little bit more than what it is. And you mentioned uh, Juanita Bynum. I think that, you know, respectfully, I think that what she said is like calling the, uh, the, the pot calling the kettle black. Uh when, when it comes to certain things of that nature, but hey, uh, it is what it is. I, I think that many of us are going to have to get prepared for what is already happening in the body of Christ, which is God is allowing uh, so many people to be raised up to really truly be used of God. And regardless of if you agree or understand it all, 
uh, that don't really matter. I, I think that it's really truly about uh, God getting the glory and him sending those out there that would dare trust him, dare listen to him and uh, do the work as well. So I'm thankful for the conversation as always. Look forward to it on another day. Peace and blessings. Dr. Craig, you one of them people that, that that just don't like Juanita Bottom, just say that. Just no. say that. I don't know why I be trying to play her. She tried to get her anointing back. She tried to get her second win. No, I, I don't dislike uh, Juanita Bottom. Uh, it's very few people that I can say I actually dislike, to be honest with you. Um, truth is, um, there's just a lot of things that I, 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 I've seen uh, that sometimes we call the anointing and we, we make about church and about God that don't be him. And that's the kind of stuff that grinds my gears. And the whole thing is that, look, you know, the kingdom of God is being displayed everywhere. In the marketplace, uh, marketplace is marketplace. I mean, neighborhoods, schools, all that's marketplace. And God wants to use all of us and our sphere of influence. How much influence you have, who knows? But whatever influence you got, if you're a part of the kingdom of God, then God wants you to be able to take that and use it for his glory. That that's that's what that's my final remarks. Uh last thing I borrowed from somebody, I can't remember. Maybe a uh, a tie or a tuxedo or something, something like that. I remember. One of my frat brothers, if I can remember clearly. But yeah, last thing I borrowed. All right, peace. Appreciate it, Dr. Pat. I really do. Thank you so much. All right, who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Ah, uh, I believe it's Ebony. Ebony, it's on you. Do do do. Okay. Uh, great convo. Definitely enjoyed it. Um, last thing I borrowed. Sunscreen for my son. So my church had to kick off on Sunday, and I had totally forgot. Oh well, hey then, Roman. Oh, he listen. Say hi. Say hi. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I totally forgot to pack sunscreen for him. Um, I totally forgot about it completely. And um one of the ladies at my church had small kids and I saw her do it and that's when it clicked. I was so busy ripping and running trying to make sure that the event was straight, I forgot to throw that in his bag. So I don't know if you call you consider that borrowing because I didn't give it back, but I'm not gonna come on Sunday and just give her two scores of sunscreen. Like that's stupid. Um, but yeah, I guess that would be the last thing. I'm not a borrower, I'm the one that people can borrow from. Uh but yeah, that's that's my spiel. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ebony. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I don't know if it's borrowed because I give it back. <laughs> But hey, that's still count. It's still count. I definitely understand. <laughs> All right, who's next? Uh, K Nick, it's on you. Final remarks and question of the day. When the last time? What is the last thing you borrowed from someone? Are you there? Probably not. All right, probably not. Okay. Well, with that being said, it's time for us to go ahead and dip on up out of here. I'm actually done with my menu just that fast. See, it was crazy. I just started on it at 10 o'clock, and I'm already done with it. That don't make no sense. God be blessing. Hey, Prophet, did you see what Dwayne put? Eggs, $5. Bread, $5. Milk, <laughs> $5. I guess when we were talking about the... uh um. 
food stamp, most things. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, that's too much. That's too much money. That's why I don't like shopping now. That's exactly yeah, why I don't most like of them only get um that's why I had to go back to work. Cause I was like, this ain't no money. Micah said I could eat Raymond noodles for a whole month. <laughs> Mark, why we do you like that? We finna have you eat no Raymond noodles. <laughs> I mean, cause you know, I had to I I I went to my son and I said, uh, baby, I need help. I need you know, I need to get some groceries and he and we was talking and I said, cause they dropped my food stamps all the way down to fifteen dollars. He said fifteen dollars. And then when we went to the grocery store, I said fifty, but I was over the mountain. I was getting ready to put stuff back. And he he looked at the lady. He said, "Scan that stuff on through." And he looked at me. And once we got outside, he said, "Don't you ever do that again? Don't you?" Ever do that again. <laughs> and then the tears started rolling, and I was like, "I got to do something." So then that's when I made up my mind. I got to go to work. And now that I'm in, in, in Ohio, I make too much money, so they took away my Medicaid. So now I'm paying for medical. That's crazy. So, you know, and they doing all of this without putting stuff on the ballot. So, yeah, it, it's crazy. But the way they doing things, yeah, it's, it's, it's not right. Yeah, that's sad because that's affecting so many elderly people. And it's sad that, <laughs> that you got to literally go to work. You know what I'm saying? Like, at this point in life, like, they should just go ahead and let you chill. <laughs> Like let Mama Lynn chill. It's the time for her to retire. <laughs> but I definitely understand Mama Lynn. I pray that God continue to give you the strength to work for yourself because truth is, some other people, some people can't. You know what I'm saying? And at least God gave you the grace to where you, you are able to, you know, still provide for yourself, still go to work. You know what I'm saying? And take care of yourself. That is literally still a blessing to consider. So yeah, I'm proud of that for you. But with that being said, it's time for us to go ahead and get on up off of here. Time for us to go ahead and get on up off of here. I got to go ahead and close this design out and get started on like two more before, you know, I get up out of here for the rest of the day. But I appreciate you guys for being on here this morning with me. I thank you guys. I cherish the conversation as well as the time that we spend on here together each and every morning. Like I really do value you and everything that you guys bring to the table and bring to these conversations. Um, with that being said, though, I'm going to ask Ebony if she's still there to pray us on. Uh, oh, no, she ain't even there no more. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pray us on that real quick, and then we're going to go ahead and go. Father God, we thank you for this room. We thank you for this time, this space, and this grace, God, and everything that you've lifted up before us on today. God, we ask that you'll continue to bless us as we go throughout our day. God, continue to ride with us. God, continue to walk with us. God, continue to be our shelter. Oh, God, continue, continuously bless us as we go throughout our day, allowing our day to be peaceful, prosperous, and productive. Let no weapon formed against us be able to prosper and love. Let us be able to meet here again tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for Waking Up with the Prophet. We thank you and we love you. Father, we ask that you continue to meet the need of all of your people and we'll forever give you the praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, y'all. Yeah, it's time for me to go. I love you guys. I'm praying for you guys. I hope you guys have a peaceful, prosperous, and productive day. If you need anything, you guys know y'all can always hit me on my website via the chat. Or if you want to subscribe, you can always click the link above to subscribe to the podcast, to sow a seed, to donate, anything that you would like to do. Make sure you click the link above. Again, I love y'all. I'm praying for y'all. And I'll see y'all again tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for Waking Up with the Prophet. This room is ending in three, 
two, one. Bye.